Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Purdue lobs it to the other end. Zach Eady knocks it out of bounds. And the Purdue Boilermakers are the Big Ten Tournament Champions. Final nine seconds. Everybody on their feet. Proctor grinning ear to ear. And for Duke, the dynasty continues. They've won their 22nd ACC title. Three, two, one. Ball game for VCU. They got inbounded. And now it's done for the Rams. It's an empire statement. They're going back to the NCAA tournament. Houston couldn't do it. The Tigers, for the first time in history, beat a number one and win the American championship. Cabela sets for the second free throw. It is up, and it's no good. And the ball grabbed by Hawkins. Now the Bruins could tie with a two. Here's McClendon for the win. It's no good, and Arizona is Pac-12 tournament champions again. And that'll do it. 65-51, Marquette. The Golden Eagles are Big East tournament champions. Good morning, coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. Happy to have you with us. I did not do my hair this morning. I know it looks like I did my hair this morning, but this is still... When you just put water through the gel of last night, it still gets stuck. So that is why the hair is still spiked up. Guess what? (laughs) We don't. We don't mind. <laughs> we, you, you hey, just, normally I'm wearing yeah, a hat. Listen, you come out with a beanie, a toque, a stocking cap, bald. Well, bald, we may have some speaks. But <laughs> outside of that, you imagine man? I just show up and it's it's clean. It's like it is not just a shave. Like yeah. you just fully shave your head, but we, it looks like Adrian's head. I wouldn't have any. You know, hey, man, you do you. What, I don't. Uh, I'm not judging McJudge over here with the old uh, appearances. You, whatever makes you comfy, as long as you got your beanery coffee and from the H and H Chevrolet studio, we're probably we're, we're gonna get off to a good start. Do you like our? Do you like this? I do. do. Like, the new background. I, yeah. I don't know if anybody else uh, noticed that we had a new background, background, but the curtain is gone. It, it's this was the man behind the curtain. Yeah, this is the Wizard of Oz. We should have beautiful patchwork. Now these two panels right here took about. 24 hours to put up for some people, and then the other two took like 15 minutes for the other guy. Did you know that there was an outlet up there? No. Yeah, I had no idea. Nope. And and he wrapped it well. So maybe we should plug something in. Like an X-Acto knife. But see, if you plug something in, right, because that's meant for a TV. So if you plug it in, then you have a cord hanging all the way down, and then it doesn't look as nice. Don't want to get my hang game right. Not with the cords anyway. No. No, sir. Anything happened this weekend? Anything? Fudge, I mean, anything what? to talk about today? No, I mean, it started with an abysmal Friday, and the weekend got a lot 
better, though. I mean, just a ton to catch up on. This would be a great time, you know, because we will obviously won't get to everything. Shane, like, what's our, clean, you know, cleanup in aisle four, man? Where sports cleanup. Sports cleanup. Mm-hmm. That's later on in the show. And just, just, just hit. I like, don't even know if we'll get to everything in the sports cleanup. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I don't know how you can. Do you, do you know what kind of dawned on me? We didn't even talk about, like, and I get it. It was on, wasn't on a ton of people's radars, but we missed the whole Players' Championship. Uh-huh. Yeah, TPC. <laughs> so it yeah. was like. <laughs> and how about that performance by Scotty yeah. Sheffield hey, down so, the stretch? So, that, uh, you know, it's just like, huh, I feel like we missed that. But, you know, it's a lot going on. You know, I'm, I'm in the midst of watching Full Swing on, on Netflix right now. That's and, unfortunate. And it's really cool because I am, like, getting involved into the lives of of these guys and you know the first two episodes are really good i i'm only two episodes in i have yet to watch three and four i think that's when somebody told me it wasn't as good as the first two listen something's wrong with netflix anyway it just is i mean in regards to my 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 show my show choices it, it is it is listen i'm not one of those guys that's trying to take money out of anybody's pocket <laughs> Lord knows, I mean, I've seen people hustle their way to, to big positions and not really know a thing about what they're talking about, but that's beside the point. So with Netflix, it's like you got 55 new shows that are like five episodes apiece. And you're done watching and you're like, man, I got way more questions than answers. Why'd they put this on? I, I feel like The Watcher is still on your mind. Well, that one that one did, was not, did not make OT <laughs> particularly happy. But how about some of these ones where, like I was watching the Texas Killing Field. There's, there's a ton. I'm like. I haven't seen that one yet. So I'm on now this. Now I don't know if I want to. I'm on this, uh, like this murder in the Amish country or something like that. I mean, just some of it is like my choices, I think. You and me with our crime shows. Like if I see dude, anything that's thriller, murder, mystery, whatever, I'm watching. I'm going, I'm going right to action and in uh, crime. And I watched a man, it, your boy made a bad choice because Saturday, I'm not, Saturday was the first day that I can remember where not only did I only take one shower, just one, which is extremely rare. I didn't get in my vehicle. You just sat at home? The, A lot of games. The whole day. The whole night. And didn't go to bed until like 2.30 or 3. Oh. Kid you not. And then did, okay, so tell me this. At 2.33 o'clock, did the clock already change? Yeah. It, I think it had just done it. So, when you thought you went to bed at one thirty, it was two thirty. Yeah, because there's only two clocks in the house that won't, that don't do it on their own, and that's the microwave and the, the stove. stove. And I didn't see that until I let the dogs out Sunday morning. To uh, to keep you guys on clock, I use time.gov. It's the official time of the United States. Yeah. That has not updated yet. <laughs> the official clock of because, the United States hey, has not. The United States it. thinks daylight savings time is uh, when, when I unnecessary when, too. Now, when I tell you I didn't leave the house, I didn't leave the house. What did I do on Saturday? I, I was I was furious from Friday, 
And uh, so didn't sleep a ton. Um, talked with Coach Lamangi and Coach Queen and another cool family. Uh, the Thomas X. Um, Friday night, headed home. Can't remember what I watched. It was basketball, like in my library. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see the seedings for Nationals for Wrestling. Uh, You know, didn't sleep great. Uh, Checked on Caleb in the morning. I'm sure he didn't sleep great either. Then I started... Oh, he's still mad. But you know the cool so the the cool thing about him is like he's he's riding with his coach. He, he like we had a I don't know, we had an amazing conversation on the way home Friday night. And you know, I told him I said, "Listen, the floor is too low for this team." I've said it I said it all week, right? It's like when they're bad, they're awful. Mm-hmm. The the floor is just too low for that basketball team, for the ceiling to be so high. That's an internal issue. That 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 is there. There's no there's no two ways around it, right? It's a total crapshoot. And just his, you know, he talked about the teams over the past three or four years, and obviously he's got a good relationship with Coach Simons because he had some insight that only Coach Simons could give him. And kind of the growth and, and, and like where they're headed and in the right direction and, you know, what they need to do in the off season And so, like, you know, I was cool, kind of, um, and started the whole state championship deal over on Sunday morning or Saturday morning from 9 a.m. I took a little break. Mm-hmm. I watched a ton of basketball. I watched an awful show. It was called The Ritual Killer. It seemed so on pro- Netflix. It seemed I don't know what it was on. Maybe it was on my I don't know what it was on. But somehow I stumbled upon this movie. Thought it was going to be pretty good because it had Morgan Freeman. Yep. And you know, he's got a super cool Cole Hauser. Yeah. Who I actually like. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of, you know, gruff. Okay. Uh, okay. So on he's a IMDb, overrated. a little overrated. Do you ever look at IMDb before you Tune into a movie or a show. I am the king of IMDb. If I can't figure something... Listen, I read IMDb watching The Godfather a few years ago for the first time. Couldn't keep up with the characters. Had my IMDb cheat sheet just to keep the families in... I'm dead, though. Shane, remember that? Like, I didn't watch watch The Godfather until like three years ago. Um, Is it bad that I still haven't? I have all three movies, right? Is it three movies? I think there's a... Shane, what's the the one that you don't like that was the latest and you're like, they should have made it? No, I, I like the third one. Okay. Is it is it three? Is yeah, that there's three of them? And then there isn't like there's isn't there like nobody a, likes the third one though. Isn't it like four hours long, bro? Watched it through one night. Well, they're all like three hours each over Thanksgiving. Okay, well, you can pull that off. I binged one and two through the whole night. Mm-mm, not y- me. Yeah, y- y- your boy went to bed at like five ten. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, I'm the king of IMDb. How do you stay up that late? Oh, I mean, look at me. I, I just don't. It's tough. Like, what do you? What do you? What do you drink in the morning? Like, uh, how how can I stay up this late? So so, a little spark. I only have a little bit left over. One of my coaches gave me like three canisters from 
I don't know where it's from. Maybe Advocare. I don't know. Uh, this ain't DB for pimping other companies, but <laughs> I just take it because I have it. It sits on top of my fridge. So there's a rehydrate and there's a there's whatever that one is with amino acid and energy. Then I drink the cayenne, the honey, the amino acid, and uh, kosher salt. Verzol's got me on this baking soda and, and salt deal. But I don't think that has much. I mean, obviously, the energy thing has a lot to do with my energy. But it's, it's my mind. It's my mind. I'm already, I'm like, shoot, man. Furman plus seven and a half. I kind of like Kent State. I'm going to pick against Indiana. I can't believe Scheffler. Like, just the way my mind works. That just keeps you up. I, I laid down Saturday night, and I'm like, what quarterback do the Carolina Panthers like that much? Like, that's all. I was just like, if I was a businessman, would I give up my short-term future? I felt like they got fleece. The only now, thing I'm not going to be one of those ding-dong. You get some of these guys and go, I don't know what Carolina is doing. Yeah, well, it's clear what they're doing. They, there's a quarterback that they like. Yeah. It's just at what cost? So uh, there's all sorts of things. Like, why is, why is Creighton just like Westside? Like, <laughs> No, seriously. Like when they're when, bad, when they're bad. They're, they're bad. awful. Yeah. <laughs> when they're good, you're like, oh man, they could beat anybody. Like, what's wrong with people? And then I got into the conversation with one of my buddies, who shall remain nameless. He said, you know, the thing that drives me the most crazy about young people, and I think it's people in general. Once they show you they're capable of doing something, why is it so hard to repeat? Like, it, it's like you 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 can be an eight. Why go back to a two? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So that's why your boy didn't sleep. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you got to think a lot of things on your brain keeping you up. As I'm driving here, it's whatever time, and I'm like, how are the. Is this just the area for berries and cherries to ping? <laughs> yes. I, I love that you're saying that now. I got it from you. I know. That's why I love that I, you're saying it I didn't it even now. know what, you meant, what it meant. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Blue and red. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it with this little stretch? This stretch of road? I don't know if you saw that accident. Oh, yes, I did. Because normally I turn left there to go behind Costco. Behind, I like how you say Costco too. By the way, is it is it Costco? I don't know. Like? I just like how you say, <laughs> just kind of rolled off the old palette there. Um, and, then, and then I go behind Dale Varsity Club and I come in that way. But there was, it looked like a T-bone accident. Yeah, Somebody good. turning left. I'm just like tried to thread the needle. I'm like, man, what's going on this morning where we can't focus? Uh, maybe the third shift, but or whatever. But I don't know. I, I'm experiment. I may experiment tomorrow. I'll tell you when I get here. I may go a new way to work just try something different a new way I'm, I'm thinking about banging that right and loop around by toyota as opposed to coming to the light i've been i've been that way before so where do i come out so you come out by beyond golf and jimmy john's i wonder if that's it doesn't seem quicker but these two lights right here are fatigue jenkins mm -hmm. like they suck mm -hmm. and that turning the, the lane to get off of harrison to turn on to 126 that left-hand turning lane is only about four cars deep mm-hmm so if it's more than like four cars to turn left, like you're in other people's way. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't have enough room to turn left here. I know you want to scoot up. You know what I mean? Like I feel bad. Yep. I've gone right before. It 
it way, is kind of slow. Don't, don't watch the Ritual Killer. I think it's only like thirty miles per hour on that road. Spoiler alert. Uh, well, Ritual Killer is only four out of ten stars on dude, IMDb. Dude ain't an eyeball. Okay. You know what? No, I am DB Muta. No, get it. I am DB. Then no wonder you like IMDb, dude. It spells you. Yeah, and here's the thing. Which speaking of you, new season. Eighty-six percent of the time, I don't know what's going on, so I need help. I always, you know, I flirt with the plot synopsis. Do I read it? Do I not? How it depends. How lost am I? Do I need a compass to find my way? <laughs> how complicated is it? Yeah, you don't need one for the ritual killer. It was so promising, so promising. A lot of holes. Shane, you're the movie expert of the three. Do I know better if a runtime is ninety-two minutes? Depends upon the movie. Ninety-two minutes is pretty good for a comedy. <laughs> ninety-two <laughs> minutes isn't necessarily good for an action movie. Fudge! I'm like, why'd you leave so Thrillers, much on the table? Thrillers seem to be like one forty-five. So one forty-five. <laughs> you know, ninety minutes for a thriller seems a little short. Can't remember what stupid documentary I stumbled on that only had three episodes, and I was like, did you not finish? <laughs> did somebody slash your budget? Yes. Did that so, is the answer to that question. Somebody, yes. so why? So why does Netflix? Why do they keep cranking them out? <sighs> because ne- I think Netflix struggles to get rights to things. Because the movies that are on there, there's like always like two or three recognizable films. Yeah. Whereas like there, a lot of cartoons, there was Despicable Me for a while, and then I, now I, The Hunger Games is on I, there. I watched, I watched a lot of shorts. I see a lot of like recognizable movies and TV shows, and then all of a sudden I see the big red N up in the top left-hand corner on Nebraska. a lot of shows. Yes, it, it is all of them based in Nebraska. Yeah, they're probably, uh, wait, they're play, probably waiting on a 12 o'clock announcement from Danny. Everybody's waiting on that announcement yeah, I don't right know now. about everybody. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. I can, I can bet you this. <laughs> at, at, I bet at, people will open up Twitter right at noon. Yeah. Just to see. Well, They'll best, be curious. Yeah, best Everybody. Wish, best wishes to whatever he chooses. How uh, many schools are on his list in, in total? I don't know. I was trying to remember I, on that. I, I, would, I would always, again, nah, I'm not, forget it. Because I'm in one of those moods where I may say something that I'd have to explain later, so I'll keep it pushing. Uh, the other good thing about what's happening at Bellevue West today is, wait, I think Bellevue West may be in spring break. Because OPS, Shane would know he has no kid. Well, you don't have any. Well, who am I going to talk to? <laughs> Listen, is are Bellevue Public Schools on spring break? Because I know OPS is. But if you're Doug Woodard, are you still enjoying your run? I'm sure you are uh, happy about going out on a high. Yeah, he's really, really good. Class act. Uh, a legend. So good defensively. <laughs> they came up. Listen. They gave up 28 points in two first halves in back-to-back days. Mm-hmm. And what did Coach Woodard say? You're like, ah, Coach Woodard, if there was one word to describe your team, he's like, defense. And I was like, yes! <laughs> like, as for one thing, they were they're Coach so Woodard's like, ah, we have like 40 things that describe I, our team. Do you know what I was surprised about? The, a lot of folks were hating on – you know, because state tournament time is probably a lot, the only time you watch a lot of these teams statewide. A lot of people were not impressed with the skill level. And I could see it a little bit, I think. 
you know, Miller North didn't make a field a field goal in the first quarter, which is really hard to do. Now Westside tried, <laughs> but it's really hard to do. He's got jokes. <laughs> I got tons. Uh, but they're so good defensively. Yeah, and it's like when you got the best player in the state. We we did we saw so much, so much, and and we got to get to our brackets. I you just got home last night. Yes, uh, and my voice is a little hoarse, and I knew it would be. I was yelling and screaming into a microphone all weekend. Did you make uh, your own hockey jersey, or did they get that for you? So, funny story. When I first got hired at UNO, they had this, like a rummage sale. It was one of those, like, Ooh, I'd turnover like turnover yeah, I'd, sales. I'd, I'd like that. Yeah, yeah you uh, would. Did I know you then? No. Oh. This, was, this was prior to. This was, like, when I first got hired at UNO. And you. they had the... If, if you can compare it to anything, a lot of schools have, like, Nike sales or Under Armour sales where you can go and get it for, like, 40% off or whatever, 50% off. And so UNO did that with a lot of their team gear because they just had so much extra and they were getting new stuff. So you could get pairs of shoes for, like, 40 bucks. Like, we got brand-new basketball shoes that had never been opened out of the box for 40 bucks. Well, they also had a huge rack of hockey jerseys. And they opened it up to... Staff, I think, first before they opened it up to the public, staff and students maybe. And so I grabbed a jersey just because I'm like, ooh, it would be really cool to have an Omaha jersey. Didn't even expect to be the MC that year. I was just, oh, a jersey could be cool. I could hang it up someday. And then when I decided to be the MC, it was like a, uh, a uniform piece for me to say like, hey, okay, this is how I'm going to identify myself out um, in Baxter Arena. And then, three quarters of the way through the season, this was when I was starting to take like some unnecessary jabs for saying make some noise. That was kind of like the phrase that I gravitated to. Even though I'm not the first MC to ever say make some noise, <laughs> I am probably... Do, do people, the, do people get million. after you about that? Oh, they were like, oh, try something new. I remember a lady... Tweeted me one day and started tossing around. It gave me ideas of things that I could say to change it up. Listen. And one idea she gave me was raise the roof. Can you imagine? I'm out there on the ice, you know, to, to hyping up this crowd, hyping up the team, and I'm like, "All right, fans, raise the roof." <laughs> what, are, what are we in the '90s? I don't know, man. I, raise I, the roof. I tell you, you gotta be care- you gotta be careful with social media. You can't seek counsel from people. And that I have, and that I are less and mature. I don't. I actually had a coworker. That That's always would tell me, because he was that person, and he would always be like, oh, Andrew, they said something else about you, and would just read it. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to hear it. Like, I, I don't care what anybody has to say. I always had like a few haters out there in the crowd. Well, Haven't heard them this year. We're going to talk to Mike Sauter later on. So speak of haters. He told me he this weekend alone, he said he blocked over 150 accounts. Well, because I was in the suite last <laughs> night when he was there, and he goes... <laughs> I said, you can just mute people so that they don't see you block them. He goes, no, I'm blocking them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and he wasn't, no even, he wasn't even passive aggressive. How about like, and he's funny, right? Like, because he can be so petty. But, dude, he's like. Mike Sauter? No. The little, the little right hook like he no it was like a check left hook it was like mayweather versus ricky hat the first thing he said to me when i walked in was hey we're boxing right listen now. listen <laughs> about what check left hook mayweather versus ricky hat 
was solder to stoop hospital. Oh. That was so childish. I was like, Mike, frozen, man. Let it go. <laughs> and he tweets like he talks. Uh, yeah. I'll like, just leave this here. <laughs> oh. oh, we're here for it all Monday, man. 888-638-4876. You want to be petty? It will be petty. It will be petty. <laughs> Lots more to come. More CNC next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome back. I finally remembered what show slash movie, I should say, I watched on Saturday. I was just telling DB, Luther, also on Netflix. I was trying to figure that out while you were giving your story because I'm like, ooh, he's giving me a lot of time right now to really figure this out, and I couldn't do it. So I'm like, I, 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 I abort, abort mission. Two people that could tell you a lot about Luther. One, Vicki Benning, who is with Bloomberg News. She's big time, my sister. Big Luther fan. Idris Elba is like her dude. And I don't mean Vandross. I mean like the show. <laughs> he started on BBC. He's a detective, a very troubled detective. So the fallen son picks up after all of his escapades. Stop me if you've heard this before. Really good criminal detective. Doesn't really follow the letter of the law. Finally catches up with mm-hmm. him. But he's got to be... That's the part I didn't understand. He's got to be unchained because he's so good at his job. He's got a serial killer that's taunting him. Pretty much what I watched with the ritual killer. Uh, Now the black guy is the lead. Wasn't as good as Cytrice Elba, though. Um, But yeah, my mom, they... So it's a show, like Luther's a show. And again, it's mostly BBC, so if you like the English subtitles and stuff like that, you don't even need subtitles, but sometimes you do because of the thick accents. But like, it's a show. It's basically the Brit's version of Criminal Minds was Luther. Okay. Dead serious. Okay. Yeah, it's... I, it's easy to draw that comparison for me now. It's funny how you stumbled upon that because that almost made the cut. I looked at the trailer again... This was probably 12.30 a.m. Saturday morning. <laughs> I looked at the trailer, but went back to the Ritual Killer. Well, and the Ritual Killer is only about an hour and a half. Luther is about two hours. Yeah. So I'm sure that could have played into uh, as well that late into the night. Uh, Shane, what's my guideline again? 90 minutes is good for a comedy. Yeah, about two hours for action. Where are we at with drama? About right. 145. Yeah. Laugh, 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 laugh. Get on, laugh. Get on board. That's a drama. Y'all brothers ain't ready. <laughs> people used to come out to it. Some people thought it was like Pastor Troy. Drama did the rendition. You know, like two hours, two hours, 15 left, for right, like left. sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and Google Action it. sci-fi. Bop your head to that. I, I, I've heard it before. You, you know, Mama Rogers, <laughs> she likes to dance. <laughs> 
don't know if she would be dancing. Mom Rogers texted me and goes, "You didn't finish your jersey story." I'm like, "Mom, we bounce around. We're like pinball machines." <laughs> hey, so by the way, what do you do with that when it's not hockey season? Please tell me you don't wear it to your blues bar or anything. <laughs> no, I hang it up in the closet. Do you it wear weighs. jersey? Are you a jersey guy? Oh, you know I'm a jersey guy. Yeah, that's you know. unfortunate. I'm willing to overlook that. No. My jersey, though, was – well, it, I say was sick because Tarasenko got traded, but it was split down the middle, and my aunt made it so – the left side is home and the right side's away, and the letters and numbers match the home and away jerseys. So if another man's trash is another man's treasure, what is Tarasenko currently? Um, a guy that can only score. <laughs> Still another man's trash? Occasion. Yes. Because he makes a ton of scratch mm-hmm. to be just okay. <laughs> yeah, he was really good at the start of his career, and then... I, I mean, I may have said this story before on air, but, you know, when he did not get the C on his chest. Oh, yeah. He basic meltdown just completely flipped off the light switch in his head. Do you think we should probably set the lineup? We or? probably should. What should I finish? Uh, let me finish this real fast. My make some noise jersey. The reason make that's on the back noise. of it is because of the tagline and my my Learfield friends over at UNO, which are, who are great people. They do some great work with us too here at Hale Varsity Club or at Sports. Uh, but I like that. They treated me to that for all the work I helped them do because I was essentially the voice of their sponsors, right, inside the arena. So by doing my job, they um, gifted me that on the back. So Lawler's, who is another huge partner of UNO and a huge partner for a lot of uh, sports teams here in town, uh, stitched on those letters on the back. So that's why it says make some noise. Mm. Full circle. Now we are done. Let's set up the show. So, uh, again, as DB put it, uh, state basketball this weekend, Friday and Saturday. We will get into our thoughts on that. Plus, we're talking to Mike Sauter at 9 o'clock for the show to do a full state tournament recap. Selection Sunday, which drew a lot of people's attention last night, especially mine before the start of the hockey game. Uh We'll look over the bracket. We'll look into some of our favorite matchups, uh, especially as the week wears on. Tuesday, Wednesday, I got a couple of I got a couple of things to look for. There's one sleeper I like at 16. What about a, the proverbial 512? There are some juicy 512. There are, and those are actually pooled into uh, an article that John Cassaway and Matt Eisenberg wrote for. Uh, Probability on upsetting in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, so they uh, they put together something like that. So we can look over that today. Um, if you'd like to know, they are Duke and Oral Roberts. Which, oh my goodness. Max, can we, A- Max Asmus and company. Can we, can we just talk about like how the committee <laughs> went about snubbing certain teams There are some March. teams that got some tough draws. So uh, here's our poll question today, too. Um, because there's plenty out there, but which matchup had you saying, well, they got snubbed? Um, Go ahead and give me yours, and then I'll give you the list of four. Well, I mean, You could probably f- come up with the list of four. I think the, the, the biggest, in my opinion, is Kansas getting slid to the, to the number three one seed overall, shipped out of the Midwest. I didn't love that because then in return, you put Texas as the, the second the two. two. 
in Houston's region. I didn't love that. Um, you know, I'm quickly going to get off the Indiana bandwagon because they have Kent State's a, a good team. Hey, that's okay. a good team. Yes, they are. Yet, yes, they are. Their two-point field goal efficiency, fantastic. They don't let you get assists. Indiana turns the ball over. Kent State guards the three-point line. They they guard the perimeter. Indiana turns the ball over too much. Boy, I tell you, that 413 is interesting. I'll tell you what, though. They, there's a couple of 710s. You want me to finish the, five, the 512s? The 512s real yep. quick? Go ahead. Uh, Miami and Drake. So Darren DeVries and company. Yeah, Drake is a team that it, a lot of people like pulled Miami, in to that, uh, to that upset probability. I think it, let me get that percentage for and you. San Diego State and your mm-hmm. Charleston shoes. Yep, I love. I like Charleston. Candy, what is, is Charleston? Thirty-one and three on the year, something the, like that. Uh, most wins of any team in forty-one percent probability at an upset. Drake is a thirty-nine percent probability at uh, to get that upset. Well, Tucker DeVries, go get him. Must be nice if you're the coach's kid and your kid is really good. That's <laughs> <Ask> Coach Mack. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so we were in the car last was it last week or a couple weeks ago. And, you know, my little historian, Micah, was in the car, not realizing the prowess. He goes, Dad, you realize, like, Doug McDermott was making 40% of, over 40% of his threes. Like, that's ridiculous. He's back-to-back player of the, I'm like, Breeze, I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> dude was way he was good. good. Like, uh, and and he'd have like a quiet thirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, how does that even happen? <laughs> so we went through memory lane of of stuff like that. But man, I Creighton got a tough draw. Now NC State. Now they're going to have. Listen, as a, you think it was a tough draw? I actually felt it because, was more no, favorable. I, well, NC State is reeling, and but they'll have, Creighton will have their hands full with Burns. You know, I'm an ACC guy, and I've seen his act. Uh, for NC State, but, you know, uh, they're not playing very well right now. I think they're fortunate to be in 11, but I, I just wish I knew who I just who wish Creighton I, was. I, yeah, I wish I knew who Creighton was. Well, so was. I was listening to John Fanta hold a uh, Twitter space last night, a Big East men's basketball Twitter space, and uh, Creighton's name did not get brought up as much as Providence. People loved Providence in that space. Uh, but when they brought up Creighton, John also couldn't figure out who that team was. Oh. And that's a problem when you have a guy that covers the Big East and knows the ins and outs of everything and still can't figure out the preseason ranked ninth team to open the year. It's a problem for this team. Yeah, They got a chance to kind of... So the cool thing about sports, and this is why I love it, is you can always... You can control your own destiny. So they have a chance to quiet the critics. Second weekend, you put yourself in a good spot. Uh, because what happened this past week in New York City? That's a bad loss uh, against Xavier. A very, very bad From loss. From start to finish. So, I mean, we'll get it. And as that. you said, when things are bad, they're bad. It's like, wowzer. More Selection Sunday talk next. Stick around. 
Ozzie and Crane with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. It's over! Impressive, dominant, win the regular season by two games, win the conference postseason tournament, Marquette champions in the Big East this year of everything. As college basketball teams prepare to make an impact at the NCAA tournament, you can make an impact too here locally by being a big brother or a big sister. Think about this. Little brothers and little sisters are more likely to maintain or improve their emotions, decrease risky behaviors, improve their confidence in school, and maintain or improve their grades when they have a big. Big Brothers Big Sisters' mission is to support one-to-one mentoring relationships that ignite the power and promise of youth. Go to MentorOmaha.org to sign up and become a big today. Hey, Selection Sunday was even more interesting for me, and we didn't get to the poll question, which I'll I'll read here and then uh, I'll move on with my point. But um, when I said, which matchup had you saying, well, they got snubbed in the first round, would you choose Mizzou, Utah State? Would you choose Duke, Oral Roberts? Would you choose Texas A&M and Penn State? Or would you choose Texas and Colgate? And I'm happy I ended with Texas Colgate because I think Colgate as a 15 may be the biggest punch in the face to that group that I've ever seen. That's a good bunch. But having said that, I mean, listen, you got a pretty good chance. And I just kind of did some mental gymnastics over the last 12 hours, right? So I'm not all in yet, but it looks like a potential all Big 12, Sweet 16 with Iowa State and in, in Texas. I actually think when I look at it, because, I mean, how, how, how healthy is Sasser and his groin? Because if Sasser's not healthy, Houston can't score. <laughs> so, right. I mean – uh, listen, Kelvin Sampson is a stud, but Sasser's And they have the, Walker. Sasser's the dude. I mean, listen, what he just – he scored 50% of their points in the mm-hmm. semis. Yeah. Right? Before, I before mean, the – An All-American. Before the ground injury. So, fudge. I, Texas, to me, looks like a team that as the two could have a good run to the Final Four. But um, – it's not an easy ride there, though. No, no. Because you have Colgate, then you have, if I'm choosing him. I don't like Colgate as much as you, but I get it. But they, Texas is on a oh, roll. Uh, and they're way good. The next matchup, though, A&M, Penn State, either team here. Let's talk Penn State first. Two, maybe, hot, two hot teams. Maybe the second hottest team in college basketball right now. Penn State, what, eight out of their last ten, if I'm – if I said the hottest team, I'm thinking Duke when I say that. Yeah. Who, um, who I've been talking about for, what, a month now. And at that time, they'd only had four in a row. And right. nobody liked, yeah, they, nobody they liked their wins. Nobody up. liked their wins. Right? I can't remember who we talked to. And I was like, hey, man, the team I don't want to play time. right now is Duke. Yeah. And, and I can't remember who it was. But they're like, yeah, well, you know, those wins are against. I'm like, I'm just telling you, they're getting healthy. And I'm all in on the ACC, which is why I think Virginia may be in trouble against Furman, but we'll get to that whenever. I I mean, you've got Texas scorching, right? I think Penn State's playing well. 
you just mentioned um, Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Who's a such, team to such a oh, resilient man. bunch. How about Bama's path, though? Okay. It, it looks a little cakey. Well, because you'll, you'll face the winner of Maryland, West Virginia. As long as SEMO doesn't upset them, SEMO, a 16 team, uh, watch out. They can compete. <laughs> I don't know if they're competing with Brandon Miller, but I'll call them a sleeper team. The human bucket. Um, well, and Bama's, Bama's unique because for the longest time it was, hey, how are they going to respond to everything that's happening behind the scenes? And Brandon Miller was able to block things out. The rest of the team was not. But now it seems like the rest of the team has caught up to Brandon Miller. And they're playing at a high level. At yeah. a very, very high level right now. Uh, Texas A&M, though, uh, let's just talk about this, DB. Uh, last year goes all the way to the SEC championship game. Doesn't get in. This year goes all the way to the championship game, and they're like, yeah, you can play Penn State. Yeah, it gets a seven. Are you kidding? Tough matchup. I mean, what's that, basically a toss-up? Um, the, I'm sure the, li- yeah, the I'm lines sure, are out. I'm sure the because lines are Because Mizzou, I remember seeing, is actually a dog to Utah State. Which I'm a little surprised, but I don't know much about the consistency in terms of how <laughs> Missouri wants to play basketball because it's a total, total crapshoot for them. Uh, yeah, Utah State's a two-point fade. Mm-hmm. Wowzer. Wowzer, wowzer. How about Illinois and Arkansas? Pick that one. Well, both teams are doctor and consistent. That Oral Roberts-Duke game, though, for as hot as I think Duke is, boy, I tell you what, Max Asmus is the real deal, but that team is better, in my opinion, even though they're missing a key cog from a year ago. That team is better than they were a year ago because I think the supporting cast is better as a whole. Oral Roberts? Oh, yeah. Well, they uh, had the 7-5 edition of Vanover. Is he an Arkansas guy? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you brought size to that team. You already had the scoring out of out of uh, Max A. Smith. You have some good guard play on that team, too. Now, they rolled through the summit, not to say that they played anybody crazy all season long. But also give Oral Roberts credit for being as good as they are. Oh, yeah, for I sure. I mean, it's, it, no matter if you play in a cake conference or not, it, 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 it takes a lot to be undefeated in your conference. How about, Mich- ton, how about Michigan especially State in basketball. drawing SC? Yeah, that's a tough one to choose. <laughs> it's, I don't know, man. I, I assume chalk will reign supreme but would not surprise me at all. I don't know. It's been kind of a mix-up, but. How many one seeds do you feel good about? Um, I, Bama? I feel good about Bama. I don't love Purdue, but I, I haven't all year. Well, and Purdue probably has the hardest so, path out of any so, one seed. So, therefore, they'll probably be right. in the final If Sasser four. plays, I like Houston. I think I, people are undervaluing them. Yeah. Even though they are a one. I shouldn't say undervalued. People are not. Like, the committee isn't. But, you know, whenever, whenever somebody sees Houston there, they're like, I don't know, Houston doesn't play a lot of teams all season long, but uh, let's remember that they do have Sasser, Walker, Roberts. I mean, this may be the best Houston team we've seen um, under Sampson. And then it it all just boils down to, well, uh, can the team that plays in the West Coast Conference, a a conference that ranks ninth in Ken Palm's rankings, compete against the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10, etc.? You know who's got a tough draw? Northwestern. And I love Northwestern with Adige and Boo Booey and company, but 
Man, Boise State will give them all. That game is is virtually a toss-up. That that's gonna be. There's just some really good matchups. Some, and I'm I'm worried about the team that I've been backing in the Big Ten because I hate that matchup. Kent State, <laughs> you're all over it. I am. You want to? That's couple, your team. Colgate's I, I, my team. His team's Kent State. Well, I'm gonna give you two small schools that that have a chance to. And and Vegas is and Vegas is letting you know you better respect these two teams. Kent State and Furman mm-hmm. are two very 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 live dogs. I've seen this with Virginia time and time again, especially this year more than any. Their offensive lulls are dang dangerous. Danger! Whoop whoop! Get on the floor. Did you no. see Furman is now only? It's seven. I looked at it right away. It's seven, right? Or am I am losing I my mind? At, there's no way I'm looking at the wrong thing here. West Virginia, Maryland. Yeah. Okay, okay. Hear me out here, DB. Okay, I'm listening. Why am I seeing that Furman is a two-and-a-half-point favorite? That's not right. Why am I seeing that? I don't know. I'm on, I'm on your side. I'm on your, I'm on uh, your favorite score's odds. odds. Why am I seeing that? I I, I, I saw it last night I, at seven, but I, I'm seeing something wrong here. Something has to be wrong because now Utah State's not matching up to their line. What is wrong with this? <laughs> yeah, I would. I don't know. I I I don't know. All right, Should, now it's back to five and a half. I don't so, know what I clicked. So it's five and a half currently. Yeah. So that's listen. So in a when the brackets come out yesterday at five. In 12 hours, 14 hours, that's bad math. 13 hours, <laughs> we are, and eight of that, people should have been asleep. The line's already come down. Um, Furman's a live dog. Yeah, I would, If you could have grabbed seven right out of the gates, I probably would have. Vir- what? Virginia's in trouble. Yeah, well, that's a team, too, that can't hold off or can't, um, can't really extend the game. They, they're so defensive-centric that they're okay with winning by three, with winning by five. They're not a, they're, they're not a team that will say, hey, I'm going to put up uh, a 20-point uh, game on you. Watch out for UC Santa Barbara, too, against Baylor. Yeah, pace. So the thing is, Baylor is so frenetic. And, you know, flag learn. You got one of the best freshmen in the country. Uh, I don't know if – I don't – I don't know if the Gauchos are, uh, can score enough. What's the number? Do you know off the top? I do not know off the top off of my head. Off the top of your melon. I didn't really pay much attention to that early, but I don't think the Gauchos can score. Oh, it's only 10. So, you, I mean, it isn't gaudy. And not, then, go, not gaudy at all. Uh, uh, before we wrap this thing up and talk to Sam McEwen, uh, the last uh, game quickly that I want to mention is Memphis, the team that beat Houston. Yeah. Uh, a sasserless Houston, yes, but they they have a lot of size. Hardaway's teams are known for size. Wow. Uh, they're going to have give, them. He'll have them believing too. Well, they're going to give FAU trouble of, in, in the first game if FAU doesn't come out of that. Memphis is going to probably be a team that shapes up the best against Zach Eady, mm. just because of just sheer physical size, and they can smother that backcourt. Lawyer and company better, they better come to play. Sam McEwen, up next. Stay with us.
Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to throw the ball, and you just stand back there and throw where you want to go. You know, and that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club, 590 ESPN Omaha, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. Happy to have you with us on this Monday morning, and happy to now be joined by Sam McEwen, the sports editor and Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra. Sam, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, Good, Sam. Good morning to you. Busy weekend, uh, no doubt. But the biggest news that kind of got buried underneath state basketball and Selection Sunday and uh, everything else taking place this weekend was the Chicago Bears trading the number one overall pick, (laughs) Sam. That's right. It was big news in Chicago. What do you think? What do you You think? Oh, I like it. You know, I'll take I'll pick the receiver. I mean, the Bears don't have very good receivers, um, so I'm happy about that. You know, the, obviously they were going to trade the picks, uh, the, the one pick, and they were going to get picks. Um, I thought they got a pretty good trade. You know, when you go down to number nine, you gotta you gotta pick smart. Uh, so you know, they're they're, they're going to have to pick the right guy at nine, and that's odd to say. Yeah, they're going to get a good football player at nine. You know they're not picking the third pick, and so you know, I think you've got to be smart about about who you select there. But you know they'll they'll get a pretty good pick in in twenty twenty four because I don't think the Panthers are going to turn it around uh, that fast. So you know I I, I I don't mind it. You know I, I I like what they I like what they got. Now the pressure's off. There doesn't have to be a big you know uh, month long countdown. They can focus on getting the best player they want at nine, um, and they got a pretty good receiver out of it too. Uh, now you know they're going to have to probably give him a contract, and and, and we'll see what they do. Um, but you know, I, I I thought Ryan Poles did a nice job. So it's interesting. You're one of the few Bears fans that isn't gushing. Is it because you you have stress disorder? Because I'm looking at the numbers, Sam, and I don't have any skin in the game. Uh. It seems like he didn't give up a ton to get a no. lot. Well, no, they they gave up they gave up the number one pick, and they basically gave up the right to select whatever quarterback they want. And you know, there's there's Did, a lot of talk, so it, there, there's no one great quarterback. Yeah, so do you feel comfortable saying that? Because what if they didn't want to – how about just the player they like? Because I I don't think it was going to be a quarterback to begin with. Well, there's one player, and, you know, he's he's in a messy situation, you know. Um, There's only one player that you would have picked at that spot. Oh, Jalen Carter. So, yeah. And so it, it wasn't a quarterback. He could still fall to nine. Right. Maybe. He, well, he, he certainly could. He could fall a lot farther than that, too. Hey, when's uh, that date? April 16th or 14th? Or when is that? The court date? I think it's the 14th or the, the 16th. Court. I don't know when the court date is. <laughs> For him? Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, and, and, you know, like, again, there's that's not going to keep him out of the NFL. You know, that that's not going to – he's going to be in the NFL at some point. Um, but, you know, like I – but I don't know – I don't – you know, I don't know if that's necessarily what they want. He's Now, he's not a pass rusher. So, can you go get the pass rusher you want at nine? And, of course, you can get a quarterback at nine. Patrick Mahomes went ten. So, you know, I mean, yes, of course. But the, the challenge with, with, with knowing who Patrick Mahomes is going to be is related to the system that he's in now and the players that are around him. If you take Patrick Mahomes and you put him somewhere else, would he be Brett Favre or would he be, you know, somebody that, that threw a lot of touchdowns but also made a lot of mistakes? Patrick Mahomes is the perfect marriage of the quarterback, the system, Having the players around him, the coach, you know, and so I don't, I don't know that that it's that simple all the time. It's let's just go get the guy that's like Patrick Mahomes. So I, I don't think they would have done that, and 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 so I like what they're doing here. No, I'm, I'm happy with where they're at, but I'm objective, you know. Like I think you have to you just have to see how it goes. And and the Bears have a long climb. It's time for them to be in the NFL playoffs every single year. <laughs> Packers are in trouble. They're in trouble. Yeah. Whether they keep Rodgers or they don't, that franchise is not what it was. Uh, and, you know, the Vikings do what the Vikings always do. So the, the division's there for the taking. This isn't, you know, there's no longer kind of like the, the division the Steelers are in. You can just tell that the Steelers and the Packers held a grip over their respective divisions for a long time. And it's wide open. And so it's time for any team in that division to take over. And with free agency starting this week, they have a lot of money to spend, too. Mm-hmm. Let's change gears here, Sam, and talk about, about Carolina and their cap space. Oh, yeah, that too. Um, let, let's change gears and talk about Selection Sunday. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the local team. It's not the commanding red-hot team people were expecting at the start of the year, but uh, they did seem to get a favorable draw last night opposed to some other teams. In terms of difficulty, do you think this team has the potential to meet the early season expectations now of an Elite Eight or better because of where they're seated? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that could have happened. Um, there's a lot of things that could have happened at Creighton. It would not have been good. It could have been shipped. You know, uh, 1,500 miles away, there's a lot of things that can happen. They got to go to Denver, and they get to play a team that, if nothing else, is going to want to get it up and down. And Creighton has no problem scoring and running. Then they get to play a team that, okay, Baylor is a better team than Creighton maybe, but Baylor is not playing that well. And they're also kind of a gimmicky team. This isn't the Baylor team from a couple years ago. This is kind of the Baylor team they lost to nine years ago in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, if you figure out how to beat them, and Iowa State's done that, and you know, Iowa State's coach just happens to be Greg McDermott's probably his best friend, darn close to it. Um, you got a great chance. Uh, you're going to have a fan advantage in, in, in Denver because ba- Baylor's, you know, I mean, we all know what the Baylor's fan base is not. It's comprised of about 2,000 people in basketball that travel with them. So, you're going to have a fan advantage. You're probably going to have a home court advantage in Denver. Um, and then you're going, if you win those two, 
And I don't know, somebody said UC Santa Barbara might beat Baylor, and I don't think that's but No. But, you know, if that happened, well, then you're, you're playing UC Santa Barbara, which has got nine people there. Uh, and So then you're going to, to uh, the Yum Center in Louisville, and you're playing Arizona. You know, and I mean, Arizona's a good team. Uh, they're better than Creighton, and they've already beaten Creighton. But they, you know, but they beat Creighton out in out out in you know the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and that won't be it won't be easy for Arizona to travel halfway across the country. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. Now, Final Four, uh, that's a tall task given given who's in the region, and that team's going to come out of the other side. You can just almost guarantee it. They're they're very good, and um, as my colleague Dirk Chatlin said on on Twitter last night. The tough region is is the West, and so if you look at that one, that one's pretty stacked. Um, I don't think this region is nearly as stacked, and I think it's designed for Alabama to get get all the way home and and to get to get to Houston. So, yeah, Creighton's got a really good pass, and you know the first game now that that team has played a lot of good teams. I don't care if the ACC only had five teams in the tournament; it's still the ACC. So they're not going to be intimidated, and, and and if they make shots, they're going to be hard to beat. But they don't play much defense, and I think that's probably good news for the Jays. And Andrew asked me this morning my biggest takeaway, and I said, number one, I didn't even hesitate. I said, I think Creighton got, or excuse me, Kansas got jobbed. Number one, getting chipped out of the yeah. Midwest. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, Houston doesn't have Sasser. They lost their conference tournament as well, and they jumped Kansas to the Midwest. Kansas playing without their head coach, lost to a hot Texas team, and they get shipped to the West. I was like, wow, that did not seem, I don't know. It seemed a little off, and and I completely agree. The the West is loaded. It is. So the West region is loaded. Now, they got shipped to the West, but they got shipped to Las Vegas, and that ain't quite the West. I mean, that's like, there's going to be a lot of Kansas fans playing blackjack. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty good. Like it's, yeah, it's you, you, you also City. have Gonzaga and UCLA and Arkansas right. and Illinois and TCU yeah, and right. St. Mary. Yeah, it's a hard. Yeah, that that <laughs> listen, that's a monster. Okay, that that's, that's a monster. But if you put yes, if you put that group in Kansas City, it would have been easier. But um, yeah, and Gonzaga knows how to get to Las Vegas. I mean, they'll they'll have a lot of fans there. And, yeah, it's, it's it's easily the toughest region. Um, maybe what Kansas can hope for is that you know they don't have to play the entire side, two three side. They they only have to play one team on that side. So, um, you know, we'll see. Arkansas Illinois is a fun game. What surprises me is Illinois wins it, even though Arkansas has got more talent. Um, what surprises me is Illinois wins it, and then you get Brad Underwood against Kansas. You just never know. I mean, Brad Underwood will 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 coach his tail off against KU. So we'll we'll see. And and Des Moines is close to Illinois too. Like I mean, you know, that's just a drive over. So it yeah, Kansas Kansas if they get all the way to the to the end of it, will have earned their way. Uh, and and Houston, you know, they're they're a good team, but I I don't I don't actually anticipate they're going to be there. When it comes down to it, I, I don't think they're going to make it all the way home. We're talking to Sam McEwen, sports editor and Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra. Toss him a follow on Twitter at SW McEwen OWH. Sam, uh, there are two super hot teams 
in uh, in March, and one's Duke. The other is a Big Ten school, Penn State. What do you make of their draw against Texas A&M, another very good team that made it to the SEC final for two straight years? Penn State's the team that I think Nebraska probably wishes it was. Um, <laughs> I remember they used to be a comp like six year, seven years ago. Remember, that was fun. Yeah, you know, I think I think Penn State does the things that Fred Hoiberg would love to do. I mean, they shoot a ton of threes. Um, they play they play really really competent basketball um, in a lot of ways, and so I that's a team that I think they would um, you know, Nebraska would like to be. Uh, Penn State got a bad draw, and, and so I don't, I don't, and just, I think they're going to have a hard time winning their first game, you know, and, and they're playing a good team, and, you know, if they get through it, then maybe they can, they can, uh, they can work through to the, the next weekend. Um, yeah, Duke is, you know, I think John Shire is, is doing a nice job, and I, I wouldn't describe myself as a Duke fan, but maybe I'm more of a Duke fan if he's there. You know, and and he's you know he's got a little bit of humility to him, and and uh, it's, they're going to be they're going to be tough. The other team that I would say is hot is Marquette, yeah. and and uh, I tell you what, I'm glad they got up to a two line. They deserved that. Uh, they did. They I was concerned Baylor was going to stay to two, and that would have been ridiculous. Uh, Marquette Marquette's going to the Final Four, and on my bracket, that's a uh, that's one hell of a coach. They got a great point guard. Now he's back to being that and again. That's funny. Yeah. In te- Texas, the well, job was too big for him, mm-hmm. and now he's one hell of a coach again. I, well, it's how people. To that's, his credit, I think. Yeah, I agree. To his credit, I think he knew what what the best fit was for him, and and you know, he to his credit, and and I don't. The Texas job is a strange one. It's it's not an easy job. Um, and it's, it's harder in football, even. But he he always was a good coach, and he's in a good spot for him. Um, and he's got good players, and and uh, they're they're going to be a hard team to knock out, in my opinion. I think they're, you know, what they did in the Big East tournament. And I know they almost lost to UConn, but beating beating UConn in Madison Square Garden is basically like beating UConn and UConn. So. You know that they're really good, and and so uh, I think Marquette's going to make the Final Four in my book. Duke will fall short. Penn State, I don't know. You know, I don't. It's hard to say. I feel bad that they got the game they got, but you know, I feel bad. That Big Ten feels it necessary to to run the thing all the way to Sunday afternoon. And I, I, I assume I assume that's done for TV considerations. But uh, you know, Penn State just basically played an NCAA tournament four days and so now they've got to try to find a way to recoup and, and rest and you know there's there's a reason why some of those teams don't play that hard in that event um i don't think tom Mitchell's ever ever prioritized the big 10 tournament it showed <laughs> it showed playing ohio state so um you know i i tell you that i thought michigan state have a better chance of making a run than, than penn state based on you know not spending four days or five days in chicago we'll see we'll see what happens Hey, Sam, uh, let me switch gears real quick because, you know, we've heard a lot about the big March 25th weekend and recruiting, and it seems like, and maybe it's just me because I've unplugged, so that's I'm fully admitting that, but it seems like we've cooled a little bit on, on the Rayola silent commit coming to Nebraska, this whole deal. 
Well, there's some people, oh, you know, March, you know, that weekend and whatever. Kalen will announce today. I don't think those two things, for Nebraska anyway, are connected at all. Um, it's because I don't no. think Nebraska thinks he's coming there, and I, I think they're okay with that. But does Nebraska – is the next momentum buzz post-March 25th, or is it later than that for you at, sometime after spring ball? I think it's entirely possible they can get a commit or two uh, March 25th. I don't know that Dylan Rayola will be that person. Um, they're going to have a lot of guys in town, uh, so I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to near, I don't want to say it won't happen. Um, but I would be surprised if if they they got a ton of momentum that day. I think you what you do is you have junior day, you lay the you lay the groundwork, and then you see what you got on the spring game day because you can start paying for the visits here pretty soon in in April, and so maybe you can bring a couple of these kids back. I'll be curious to see what Matt Rule's speech down in Kansas City, which is very important, uh, if that if that attracts any more kids here in the next three four weeks. Um, one well, of the smarter moves Rule has made. He said last go week. I mean, going the there last week that was a big deal for him. Like, you know, he he wanted to really reestablish some presence in Kansas City. Yeah, it's been good. Um, you know, Nebraska spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get in St. Louis. Uh, over several coaching staff, and I'm not saying that's not important because St. Louis has turned out some incredible players. They went to Ohio State, mostly Oklahoma, a few to Missouri, um, but but they've lost their grip in Kansas City since Bo left. And uh, you know how many good players they got out of Kansas City under Bo? Pretty good players: the Davis twins, Malik Collins, uh, Freedom Akamola Dune, yeah, Michael Rose Ivy. I mean, there's a whole bunch of players they got out of Kansas City, and since Bo left, Bo Pelini of all people. Since Bo left and John Garrison left, and you know whatever, um, they've gotten uh, Bo Wilson and uh, then Jaden Doss just here recently. That's it, and that's I mean that's just not good enough. And so Rule going down there, I think was a was a great thing. Um, no, I, I, I mean Dylan Rayola. Uh, I mean, we've 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 had I think a good conversation about this. I, it's it's going to be hard for Nebraska to make it work, but I think they could do it. And they're going to have to. I don't think the dynamics have changed. Will change on March 25th either. Um, I, I I don't think there's another player who could commit to Nebraska that's going to convince it. Um, because USC is going to mark every good player that Nebraska gets with some good player. So you know I think the dynamics are, are still the same, and and those decisions will just have to be worked out and and made. And you know I I wouldn't fault the kid for anything he does or his family for anything they do. Um, I think that going to Nebraska would be would be far would be more financially lucrative um, than it would be to USC. But who knows? Maybe there's a there's a there's a benefactor at USC that's willing to pony up a lot of NAL money. You just USC has a lot of rich donors, hey, so, more than Nebraska does. So we'll see. I don't know. Sam, what do you think? What do you think Danny does um, today with his announcement? Pick somewhere else. Um, I think the three finalists are Missouri, North Carolina, and Colorado. Um, Missouri, you know. Uh, yeah, that's that's the, that's my guess. Spot. Yeah, so I think uh, I talked to Danny a couple weeks ago. And it's just been so busy we we didn't write it up. We'll try to talk to him again today. I think you know for him it's just been a really good journey. 
of he's done this for a long time now. He's been he's been on the recruiting trail, so to speak, for three years, and his, he was very intentional in the way that he went about it. Um, much more intentional than most kids who go into this. He he you know he pursued uh, and was not just merely pursued. And so um, I think he's probably done a lot of homework. Uh, and and if that's where he goes, you know, uh, Brady Cook and Connor Basilak have had success at Missouri. Um, you know, Eli Drinkwitz is a is a dynamic guy. Yeah, he's done a good job. Love, yeah, he'd love to get a foothold up here. Um, and if if they're able to do that, then I think, uh, for example, unlike Mike Gundy, and Mike Gundy's a good coach too. I don't know that Mike Gundy is going to be coming up here and and necessarily doing a ton of recruiting per se. Um, after Zane Flores, maybe if Zane's great down there, then they, hey, well, he, I mean, he, I, he got the better quarterback. I mean, so that's kind of a weird. I mean, he doesn't have to. But you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, he did. But but like, I think Eli Drinkwitz would love to get two or three players out of Omaha. Every yeah, year. Oh yeah, he's, he's definitely trying. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know that Mike Gundy cares that much. Yeah, I he, get you. And Mike I get you. A different person. I get you. Uh, he's he's a strange kind of strange person. Uh, but. But he's different. Drink was, but they've been they've been making an effort uh, to recruit recruit Omaha, and so um, I think this would be an opportunity for them to to get in. There's a lot of schools that, that have been trying to recruit Omaha hard, and and, and rightfully so. Uh, Kalen will probably go, if he goes down there, Danny will turn around and be a very good recruiter uh, for 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 Missouri. And it's a, it's a weird situation, guys. You know, for the second straight year. It's very likely that a, that the top prep quarterback in the state is going to pick somewhere else to go mm-hmm. than Nebraska. Last year was Nebraska's fault, uh, in my opinion. This year, I don't know that I can say that because if at the, if at the end of this thing, Dylan Rayola is at Nebraska, and you got nine thousand scholarship quarterbacks down there to begin with, which they do. Nine thousand. I just don't know if you. I don't know if you can blame. I don't think you can put any any of that on Nebraska. I just. I just, I think you got to go after Dylan Rayola. You know, you just have to, and there's just no other choice. And you got to wait for his commit. You can't, you can't, you can't take some other kid's commit and then tell Dylan Rayola whatever. So Danny needs to commit now, and feels like he needs to commit at the beginning of March instead of. You know, I May. am a little surprised it's this early, but I mean, I get it. I mean, the offers are what they are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm, I guess I'm surprised the offers weren't going to change. The only thing that would change by May is Nebraska's situation. Yeah, and or how know, committable and, and they and were, which I have no insight to. I assume they're all legit. So I mean, it just seems. And listen, I mean, it's good that he. If I'm all for somebody knowing where they want to be, and if you do, man, go get it because I think that's the best way to do it. Because it's hard to win and it's hard to be good. Yeah. Well, yeah. For sure. For sure. And and I think again, he's another one who has been doing this a long time, so, you know, he probably has a better idea of what he wants to do. I I just again, the challenge is that Nebraska really can't take any commits right now because they have to wait it out with with Rayola and I wouldn't have expected Dylan Rayola to be to be ready to commit by now. So, mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes. Sam, you're the best man. We appreciate your time. We'll talk again next week. All right, kicker. Sam McEwen at SW McEwen, O-W-H on Twitter. Uh, Coming up, uh, 
a lot still to unwrap. We'll get into NFL, more Selection Sunday, and more. Stick with us. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome back. Awesome conversation with Sam McEwen in our previous segment. If you missed it or if you missed anything on the show, make sure to check it out on the podcast app. You can find that Apple, Spotify, at Hill Varsity Radio. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, happy to have you back with us on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hill Varsity Radio. We uh, opened with Sam because he's a big Bears fan. I'm a Bears fan, too. Um did you know that? Did you know no, I'm a, no. You know I'm a Bears fan? You, Michigan uh, Lance, there's a lot of you guys running around here. Bears straight away the number one pick to Matt the Panthers. Urzel. You brought up a great point at the beginning, or a great question, like why now? It seemed like a big haul for the number one pick. The only thing that I was able to wrap my brain around when I saw this trade happen was, well, for one, the Panthers must know who they want. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't want anybody else to step up and do it. And if it's if timing matches up, I think it's Anthony Richardson. He had an outstanding combine. And then six days later, roughly, this trade goes down. Why trade right now if it weren't for, hey, I'm worried about somebody else trading up and trying to get Anthony Richardson? Yeah. Um, I mean, they can oh, – so – a lot of people were kind of like, oh, what do you do with DJ? Like, why would you let DJ Moore go? I think they can get another receiver. So I don't worry so much about that is you better have been right because of the draft picks. That, that That's my thing. I love DJ Moore. I think he's fantastic. And DJ Moore flourished with just so-so quarterback play. Now, will that help Fields? Fudge, I don't know, man. I'm not all in on fields in terms of passing. Like the passing game. He's got weapons now. There's no excuse anymore. Zero. Now, we'll see what you guys do up front. But you have stockpiled picks. Yep. And you're still going to get a really, really good player at nine. I don't care mm-hmm. who it is. Well, if it's not Jalen Carter, who I alluded to, because I saw McShay had him drop to 11, I think it was, to Houston. So, but some so, people have so, him going at like six. So what's Jalen Carter guilty of? He's guilty of being immature. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, he apparently, allegedly, apparently with not full disclosure with what, or being forthright with what he knew about the accident, kind of changed his story. Couple months earlier, he had was driving fast again. I believe, whatever it was, eighty some and a fifty some. So he likes to drive fast. A lot of people like to. I, I so and, and, and no, hear my heart though. I'm not downplaying the fact that somebody died and you no. appeared to be indifferent. Because you could just, you could just be that selfish. I don't know how. You have to be real clear because a lot of times people hear. It's a, it's a sensitive topic. They hear and they listen differently. So if I'm an NFL exec, how much do I feel like that matters if he can help me win football games? That's basically what they're deciding. And is that a 
is that a talent that can slide 10 spots because he was indifferent and irresponsible about the details of what happened during drag racing? That's, and I don't want to, you know, I'm not, I, I say it like that because that's what it is. I don't say it like that because I'm minimizing the situation. I'm just telling you that those execs, that's what they're thinking. That's what they're going to say about the situation. That's how they're describing the situation. Um, that's where we're at with it. But he's the best overall, overall football player, in, player the in the draft. So they have to decide how much that situation is worth. It's tough because you bring up a great point. We are not trying to take away the fact that well, that's not the issue. An incident occurred, like by by talking yeah. about this is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. But you know, in regards to his story not being all there, like, have you ever lied before? Yes. Right? Just just in general, doesn't yes. have to be for anything super crazy. One hundred percent. Whenever you whenever you are scared. You lie. Like this. This is a situation that brings about a feeling of being scared because even though you weren't in the actual vehicle uh, next to your current car, you were involved in the situation. So you're scared about everything that happened. You're also probably very, very sad and depressed with how the situation turned out. Yep. So. For him, Probably, like, and, and I would add embarrassed. Yeah, and embarrassed. I, you know, I, I didn't dive too deep into that portion of it, but I will say this, that, you know, when it comes to press, some teams just don't want that. They may not want that press. Mm. Um, there's a lot of other situations in the league, though, that come along with bad press. Does that stick around? No. That press never stays like it, it's it's there. People remember it, but it never sticks with that person throughout their entire career. People move forward. It, it, that's how the society works. Um, so if Jalen Carter does fall as far as people think that he will, um, it's kind of like uh, and, and a totally different situation. But re- remember when Laramie Tunsil was supposed to be a, a really high draft pick and then Day of the draft, he comes out wearing a gas mask and doing um, some an, an old video resurfaced right? on draft, and day. all of a sudden he drops to what twenty eight or yeah. whatever he fell to. So, um, but how often do you look at Laramie Tunsil now in in um, certain doesn't, football organizations? Doesn't, like it just doesn't stay. Doesn't it just doesn't stick. So, um, if the Bears ended up with him at nine, oh, I'd be over the moon because you didn't lose anything. Far, All you did was gain. How far did Joe Mixon drop? Uh, he dropped a decent ways too. Because I, I don't, I don't, I know where he got drafted. I don't, I just don't remember where he was projected to go. And then I look at Mixon now, and I'm like, if draft execs had it to do over again, based on what they saw Mixon. From a production standpoint, being a good citizen, whatever, in the Cincinnati, in the Bengals organization, was what was the altercation that he had at at the restaurant, was that worth draft stock? That's what these guys always have to process. I mean, it's not not one of those things where it's like, um, yes, you're weighing the gravity of the situation. But you're trying 
to figure out as an exec how much does what occurred have to do with who we think this person really is do, do you, you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's like how closely connected are they as the individual to the action performed or is this one of those situations where that's not who he or she really is i mean that's basically what they're sorting through and how much do you have to take into account that he's 21 years old? Where did Mixon go? Was he third round? Second. Second round? He, but, oh, so I just looked it up. The draft order in 2017, running backs-wise, was Fournette, McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. So if he fell... Fudge, like, that is unbelievably right. good. If he <laughs> fell, was he supposed to be before Dalvin in that draft? Was I don't he, think I so. I don't think so. Because I remember coming out. I remember that. I did love Fournette. I liked McCaffrey. I was a little biased because he was... He, you know, we had met him in person, but Cook was my favorite. Cook was the man at Cook, Florida State. Cook was, I felt like he was going to be a steal. And I don't remember really how I felt about Mixon. I just felt like, <laughs> you know, it's always funny. I, when when the, the situation was happening, obviously Oklahoma Tyler is like one of my boys, and we just were going through that situation, and, I always joke WWBD, right? What would Barry do? And I always, <laughs> I always, I always kind of chuckle when people tell me what they would do in a situation and what you can't ever do. Up, oh, you should never do this or you should never do that unless you've been in in a in a similar situation. And as a guy who, and I saw yesterday, Kurt McKeever. He said, oh, Kurt, I said, man, so one of the reasons that I remember you, and I told you this a couple months ago, he wrote a great article in the Lincoln Journal Star after I was exonerated over some nonsense uh, that had happened domestically. Um, unless you're in a situation where you kind of feel either threatened or, or somebody is has gone on the offensive and you're defending yourself or not defending yourself. I always love the, we can't do this, you can't do that, yeah, you can't do this. And I'm like, hey, listen, when you're on the outside looking in, hindsight is a beautiful thing. I just wonder how much of that has to do with being a reflection of who those people really are. Or are you just caught up in the moment? Oh, man, you got to be better in the moment. Really? How good are you? How good are you when you can't get in the left lane? How good are you when the drive-through line takes too long? <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, should be better, huh? Take a look in the mirror. Exactly. Brady Oltman's up next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside. The infamous Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. You're having some fun here on a Monday morning. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. Uh, Mike Sauter coming up at 9 o'clock. We also have some more Bracketology talk. I guess March Madness official Bracket talk with Ricky O'Donnell at 9.45. So stick around for that. But before we do all of that, let's talk to Brady Oltman, Nebraska football and recruiting reporter for Hale Varsity. We talk to him every Monday, and he's at Brady Oltman's on Twitter. Brady, good morning. What's up, man? 
Morning, guys. It's a little bit chillier than I like it to be on a you know mid March day, but I can't control it, so we just go with it. It's the Midwest <laughs> <laughs> from from the Midwest. Vo, so this this is kind of interesting. Andrew and I have been talking basically all morning on air, off air, quarterback situation, Nebraska recruiting. Obviously, Danny Kaline will make his announcement today. It's kind of weird. I had a couple guys over the last couple of weeks. Basically, surmise it like this. Hey, you know, it's got to be boom or bust with Rayola, right? Just uh, the interest from with and from Kalen hasn't been top-notch. Nebraska's got to kind of have a quarterback in the fold. It's been quiet on the other quarterback recruiting front. When you look at the quarterback situation for Nebraska in 2024, regardless of what DK says today, do you look at it as Rayola or bust, or do you think Nebraska is playing checkers and we're playing chess in terms of potential backup plans? Uh, it, I don't want to say boom because I think Rayola definitely is the number one priority and the top target. Uh, I think Matt Rule has said at one point they've, they've got the portal. Uh, that's how they got Jeff Sims, so they could always go portal, especially after spring ball if somebody um, enters the portal in that little window. And if they figure out how the roster goes, you think by the end of spring, that's about the time that they're expecting a decision from Rayola. Um, It's interesting because Danny is really the only other quarterback that they've offered from this class. I know Nebraska is also heavily recruiting that uh, kid Stone Saunders from uh, Pennsylvania out of the next class. So it's not like it's not like Rayola is the only like the full uh, focus quarterback for the next couple of years. But I think there is a definitive kind of, I don't know when you've got a top tier top five overall recruit, he's going to command all the attention, but they like Danny. They've really done, I think uh, a good job of building a relationship with him. But I think you also have schools like North Carolina and Missouri and Miami that say, Hey, we can make a move on this kid because you know, Nebraska is so closely tied to Dylan Rayola. B should we care that we're very kid glovish with quarterbacks, right? Cause it's interesting. I feel like, we're kind of talking out of both sides of our mouth. With the with quarterbacks, it's like, well, you know what? We don't want to bruise too many egos. We can't recruit too many. We Let's just kind of get one and let them know that they're the guy. But if it's any other position, it's, well, they can't be afraid of competition. They don't like competition if they can't handle it. I just kind of feel like it's a little disingenuous when we talk about quarterbacks. Should we be okay if quarterbacks don't want anyone else recruited. And this isn't – and hear my heart, and I have to be clear because aptitude can be a problem. I'm not saying Dylan Riola doesn't want Nebraska <laughs> to recruit any other quarterbacks because that's not the case. I'm talking about the perception of quarterback recruiting. Um, I – I tend to agree with you. I think like with this Nebraska coaching staff, they're very open, transparent. They're going to be transparent and honest with recruits. If a recruit says, hey, I'm," it's very adamant and very important to me that you don't recruit any other quarterbacks or you don't, I'm the only guy on your radar. If that's not how the coaching staff kind of wants to treat the situation, they'll be very upfront and say, ooh, well, you know, we, we like this other kid, you know, or we've got a couple of other quarterbacks we really like in this class. So why is that? And they kind of maybe talk it out if that's the case. I, I tend to agree with you, though. I mean, it's you're a football player, regardless of position. I understand the quarterback is an incredibly important position because you touch the ball about every snap. But I mean, let's you're also a part of a team. You're joining a team that you are not a part of yet. 
And it's, I don't know, there's a lot of football politics to be played. And like, if you're going to be a new face going onto a roster of 100 guys, non-scholarship and scholarship combined, you you don't really want to be the guy calling the shots right off the bat. But I guess if you're, you know, a prodigy recruit, sometimes you're afforded some things. Not to, again, not to say that Dylan Rail is doing that, but I, I overall, I tend to agree with you. Kind of a quarterback is just every other player, and somebody who uh, wants that sort of caliber of celebrity coming in is a little, to me personally, a, a red flag. Brady, Coach Rule said he's trying to catch up with the times and, and get better about recruiting 2024, 2025, 26, and so on. <laughs> uh, you know, what do you make of everything you're seeing on the recruiting trail today, maybe from a general sense, and the work that this coaching staff has done to send out offers and, and just get Nebraska's name on athletes' radar? Well, the timing has been very interesting because when Rule arrived, you know, they've got maybe four or five guys on a staff right away and they had to blitzkrieg recruiting to close that 2023 class. And they really went hard at it. And, you know, in just two months, they've, they filled it out completely. And then they immediately, I guess, right after early signing day, turned a large amount of focus to the 2024 class. And I think that that's definitely helped them. I mean, the vast majority of the offers they've made in the last couple of months have been to the 2024 class. But at the same time, I think, um, you know, Evan Cooper's the being the evaluator. If he sees a 2025 or a 2026 guy pop on film, he's, you know, he's going to send it on up the ladder and say, hey, Matt, you got to you got to offer this kid or make a phone call because this kid can make our football program better down the line. And and they're maybe not as aggressive as like the Ohio States or Alabama's or, you know, your bigger programs that have a couple of commits in those future classes right away. But it's, that is kind of the way that the game is being played right now. And they're slowly adapting, but also keep in mind, they're kind of behind the eight ball because they did just get here. Brady, when you're, you know, practice will be fairly uh, open and, and folks will formulate a ton of opinions Day one, Brady Ullman gets to campus. What position group is he going to watch? I'd say defensive front. Um, I'm, I've almost driven myself crazy watching Tony White coaching clinic videos because I'm just fascinated to see how that's going to look. And honestly, I'm salivating at this point because, I mean, the way that he likes to coach his defense is something that I think Nebraska fans have not seen before ever out of the Huskers. And I'm kind of, you know, inherently that makes you kind of excited to see it. Uh, you don't know personnel-wise where guys are going to be. Sometimes they're going to be, you know, on the on the outside edge in that three-man front, or sometimes they might, you know, move inside if they shift to a four-two, uh, if they alter alignments and things. And and personnel-wise, you know, they've got a very limited uh, amount of interest, or a li- uh, sorry, a limited amount of um, snaps and snap experience on that defensive interior. Which, but a lot of athleticism on the outside. I'm going to be really curious to see how they line guys up there. Brady, I want to circle back to quarterbacks. We started with uh, recruiting and Dylan Rayola. One question that I it seemingly feels like comes up every week revolves around the quarterback room. And we've seen preseason lists that have just included Jeff Sims. We've seen some that have included both Sims and Casey on them. Not sure if I've come across a a Casey uh, solo, but how do you envision the quarterback competition shaping out this offseason? Well, right away, 
it's going to be Jeff right like out in front simply by nature. I mean, Casey, I think from what I hear his um his recovery has gone really well, but they still want to be very careful with him and he'll throw if anything at all in the spring uh which kind of makes June a little bit more important in how he picks things up. I think Casey Casey established himself with toughness and that he can play in the Big 10 last year. I mean, people kind of forget that that was a brand new system for everybody including Casey and he found a way to to make it work. Uh, Jeff just has a little bit more athleticism, but also he's coming from a situation in Georgia Tech where he he struggled to throw the ball because the program struggled to throw the ball. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see you put them both in a brand new offensive system with Marcus Satterfield, which obviously with a guy like Spencer Rattler at South Carolina last year could be successful. I mean, they lit up two of the best teams uh, in that whole region and in the top 25 last year. So I, I think Jeff is just going to, by nature of, of injury situation, have a leg up. But I also just – I will never count out Casey Thompson considering what he did in his body of work last year. I think it's just going to be a really interesting one. Casey's got the toughness and experience, but Jeff's also got a little bit more, I think, uh, athletic mobile mobility to him. Brady, difference? Competitiveness based on high-end talent or competitiveness because it's the most like talent? if you would rank defensive backs, wide receivers, and running backs? Is it high-end or most like one another? Um, I would say you've got incredible high-end talent. Like, like Anthony Grant stands out immediately. You've got veteran guys like uh, Billy Kemp. I mean, he's top four, you know, catches all time at, at Virginia, and he comes in. They like him as a receiver, but they're really excited what he can do in the punt return game. And then they, they, they do have a lot of bodies at defensive back. And some of them are NFL caliber guys. I mean, I think Evan Cooper has said, you know, Miles Farmer and Quentin Newsom stand out. Marquise Buford, he's not going to be participating much in the spring because of that knee injury he suffered against Wisconsin at the end of the year. But he's going to be a very capable guy to go to. Uh, I think parity-wise and talent-wise, maybe wide receiver is going to be kind of the most uh, jumbled group. Because you you have a couple of guys like a Marcus Washington or a Billy Kemp, guys who are veteran, but you also have like such you know Jalen and, and Malachi and guys that are fresh coming in with incredible upside to them. Uh, and then, I, but I think you could probably maybe mention the corners as well in that. And somebody's somebody's got to sort themselves out. You know, Tommy Hill's back there. He kind of got beat out or moved around. Uh, Malcolm really stepped up. He's if Tommy Hill wants to really see the field regularly, he's going to have to try to beat out Malcolm Hartzog again. So that's kind of that's kind of where that parity works out. But it also in the long run, I think it, it made Nebraska's defensive secondary better last year and it probably will again this year. Brady, you are the man. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for being flexible, too, with us. We'll talk again next week. Yeah, no problem, guys. See ya. At Brady Oltman's on Twitter. Toss him a follow out there. Coming up, talking to Mike Sauter about the state basketball tournament over the weekend. Stay with us. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Mike Sauter. I, I would agree, Damon. Mike Sauter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike Sauter. Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot. Mike, Mike Sauter. Welcome back. 9 o'clock, which means if you're in Lincoln, you can tune in using your dial Turn it over to KFOR. We are on there now. Damon Bennett, Andrew Rogers, coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. If you're in town, well, that means you 
turn your dial to 590. Or you can watch live on Twitter, live on YouTube. Where, where isn't currency? Uh, it's everywhere. Man. Everywhere. Especially at the state tournament, you could just look they underneath a, the graphic. They're a monster. <laughs> so... Guess what? Good Has, on them. Hashtag go currency. And nice point because when you point it up, it went right to the currency logo <laughs> Dude, on, on the I, screen. I know I, that was on purpose. They're unbelievable. Yeah, speaking of the state tournament, Mike Sauter was pretty unbelievable with all the content he and the Herdat sports team were uh, sending out over the weekend and the week prior uh, for the girls' state tournament. Mike, are you tired? Are you rested? What are you doing? I'm feeling like I'm getting a nap in today at some point. With Feel Jet or without Jet? Probably Jet will probably be in his bed on the floor. How's the cherry eye? It's not good. It's back, and we're probably just going to live with it after two surgeries for a six-month-old dog. That uh, makes me makes me hurt for, for a six-month-old yeah. dog. Not good. No, he did get. Um, I was going to say something that I probably shouldn't. He got uh, neutered uh, the other day too. So yeah. I feel bad for my guy. Lord knows you got to watch your tongue. <laughs> yeah, it was. We, we we do <laughs> not. We do not do. What's the thing we used to do when we didn't have the third hour? Uh, morning dump, morning yeah. dump yeah, podcast. So, so we gotta, you, we gotta clean it up a little. I was gonna say something about balls and um, basketball, basketballs, basketballs yep. and yep. Uh, deflating. Yep. Let's mm-hmm. let's start. Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> what? Let, let's start with um, kind of the totality of what you thought about the state tournament. I was joking with Andrew earlier. I was surprised, you know, in state tournament. A lot of times, it's the first time a lot of fringe C teams play. I was surprised on social media. Not a lot of people were impressed with the quality. You had a couple of halftime tweets I thought were interesting, but I know your personality. Well, you'll say things like, yeah, <laughs> not good, right? Mm-hmm. Shooting statistics, efficiency. How did, how did you kind of look at 2023 in terms of the state tournament and level of quality play? It wasn't great, um, but it hasn't been really great all year. Like we, I think we got, I said this uh, uh, 10 months ago, that we got so spoiled with what we saw the last five years that we just expected that again. And we just don't have that level of talent, right? Like for this year anyway, for sure. Um, in the 23 class and, and maybe even going forward for a little bit. Like we, we took a dip, but we were also at the very top of the mountain for four years in a row. We had Chucky Hepburns, Jason Greens, Hunter Salases, Isaac Trouts, like players that don't come around all that often. We don't see that all the time. Um, I also, I've I've compared it, you know, the era that we just kind of left, we, that's only happened two other times in the state's history. And it was 81, 82 and 91, 92. Mm-hmm. I, it's not an every year thing. So maybe our expectations were a little too high. Is, is it fair or unfair to try to, you know, T Mo, Mosman and I got into it. Uh, actually, Saint was with us trying to rank this Bellevue West team in terms of greats because they're undefeated. Mm-hmm. And it's only been done three times since 61. Right. And that under itself is, is, is unreal. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the style of play, just like what we're talking about, it may not – there are some teams that Coach Woodard has had that didn't win state. Nope. 
that I would beat this basketball team, but you have to control. You can only control who you played. Hmm. I, are they in? Are they in a pantheon for you? They're. I mean, clearly they're most dominant team. They're probably one of the most dominant teams ever. If you're looking at, um, they relative were, to the competition. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were. They were unbelievable. Yeah, they were. I mean, <laughs> they. They outscored opponents by 759 total points this year. The second closest game that they played against an in-state opponent was outside of the West Side overtime game a couple weeks ago um, was against Gretna that they won by 11, and they shot 39% from the field. Mm -hmm. And they still won by double digits. I think it's more has to do with relative to the competition. Were you surprised... Andrew asked Coach Woodard, this is f- Thursday or Friday? Friday, right before the game. Uh, so no, Thursday, Thursday. Thursday, right before the game. Yeah. Um, no, so it was actually Wednesday. Wednesday, right before the game. He, we got said, he said, give me one word to describe this team. Did you hear what he said? I didn't hear. He said defense. Yeah. They're ridiculous. Surprise you? No, I, they're, they can just guard the out of you. Well, first off, he said, yeah. I can't describe it in one word. Yeah, he <laughs> wanted to follow up. He wanted to expound on right. it. Right. Because he'd had some other good defensive teams. But this one was They're different. the best. I mean, he said it after the game, you know, publicly, too, in press conference stuff. This is the best defensive team he's ever had. They also didn't lose, I think, what did he say? Something like 80 games, close to 80 games, if you count all of, you know, June and fall leagues and all that stuff. And lost since last year's state championship like if you count the whole summer and everything so um defensively they're just so good and it they don't have a you know shot blocker either there isn't one it's just they can guard you on the ball extremely well and when you look at even their second unit they're you know uh six through nine guys they all can guard you even like Jaden bullion can really guard you and if you're a, a four or a post player because mm-hmm. he's so strong. Isaiah McMorris is a quick, twitchy athlete guy. Jaden Jackson clearly can guard the ball really well with his length. Josiah Doltzer is a better defender than we think. Like, Jackson Stuvey can guard his position pretty well. Um, and Robbie Garcia and Jacob Arope are, are fine, right? They're good athletes that move really well. They're not big lugs out there. So I think that that totally makes a, a, a big difference. They're defensively, I mean, like I said, that Gretna game, I knew that's when it was like, whoa, these guys can really guard because they shot 39% and won by the, the, under, the underappreciated thing about them, though, and it's what drove me crazy Friday night, they get to every 50-50 ball. Yeah. So for all the other accolades we give this team, they play hard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We couldn't even get they to the, run the flipping floor. floor. <laughs> no, no. I, I was, listen, I was beside myself yeah. how early on, it's 7-1. A ball is trickling around midcourt. There's three guys. There's one from Bellevue West. They get the basketball. Like, we undersell. It was right at we, midcourt. We yeah. undersell effort. Mm-hmm. They play hard. It, that Jacob was sitting next to me, and I remember that moment. Patalilla? Yeah, I remember that moment. I go, first to the floor. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Because Stubblefield just leaned over to grab it instead of, like, on the floor. Diving on the floor. Yeah, and that that's what happens. 
Hey, we talked about how lucky we were to see like the ones and teams that have come before this year's state tournament, but how lucky were we to witness Coach Woodard mm. go out with a bang like this? Yeah, obviously, you know, it's something that has he's probably since last year he's kind of known and and this would be the year and really if you look at a couple of years ago you can peg okay when will it be over for coach Woodard? when is going to be the time right and then you start kind of thinking okay josiah lee you know when is his senior year that's the last one of like you know that the, the core kind of group um probably wait for him and then I think we saw that emotion, you know, coach Warrior is not that emotional guy, like where he's hugging Josiah and it's like crying. Right. Um, you know, that finality of that moment. Um, but it's, it's one, a lot of people don't know this, like Ron Dulzler and Doug, Ron coached for Doug as an assistant coach at Ron Colley. I mean, they've been really good friends for a very long time. Ron still, went to practice every day and helped like, Hey, three minutes on this drill. Like he put it, helped the student managers and stuff like that still. So he still went to every practice. So I think that was one, you know, a few years ago, you just look at like, okay, when is he going to be done? And then you're like, it's gotta be Josiah. Mm -hmm. And then obviously it was Josiah was the last of the group. And, and that, that did it. Man in class B, like how much of a shame was it to see, Connor Milliken foul out at the end because you know when the guy has four fouls and the game was getting a little ticky tacky from the very first mm -hmm. whistle like you know little thing here little thing there and I'm not sitting here to to blame officials for calling the game like they did here but addressing Milliken with two minutes left mm. the, I, I I'm more of the person that says man you gotta run away like you can't be involved in that play well like, I, you can't I, be i don't think it, with it, how the game was going I didn't, I didn't think it was a foul but well, it I, wasn't a foul I but i'm do, saying you I can't even love, be around there because I, of how ticky tacky it was going yeah but listen i don't think that's realistic right he's one yeah. of three kind of trying to wall off he's got his hands up i, I thought brodsky's post-game comments were fantastic given the moment he's losing a son right. in essence yeah basically yeah the, I mean, Scott was killing them on the foul line just because of Scott pounding the ball inside. They're the more aggressive team. They're going to go to the that, line. Yeah. They're bigger. I thought his composure, given all that was going on that last three minutes, was unbelievable. It, was, it, it wasn't a foul on Connor. Connor didn't – I mean, he wasn't even there. The, I'm not going to be – I would never be a referee because I know my – uh, personality and that wouldn't work i'd be kicking people out left and right um <laughs> like from the stands i mean um so i it wasn't a foul on him the the worst part is just guessing in that moment uh -huh. oh yeah one of those three guys were over there so it's him right i don't think i don't think he got fouled i don't think brett got fouled at I, all i don't i would say this i still don't think platview wins the game if so, Milliken stays in i don't i don't I think Scott was had all the momentum kind of in that. I moment, do, I do. So. And listen, they scored him eighteen to six in the fourth quarter, which says a ton. And mm -hmm. I felt like there was a stretch in the third quarter when, when Trey Mosman hit five in a row and brought them back in the game. Platview had a chance to kind of extend, and the shot selection got away from them. Mm -hmm. Where I just didn't think they. T there was a stretch, man, for about six minutes where. They didn't take good shots. They, 
they have a tendency to do that. Oh, I know. Um, I know. It, 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 listen, it's just kind of what they, they joke. Do. It's how they play. Yeah, it's just kind of how they play. They were so patient with it, and it was working, though, right? The the whole game. It was a little bit odd to see them be a little more patient. Um, and Connor kind of picking his spots. Well, they couldn't keep Farron off the foul line no, either. Because he didn't shoot it well. Mm. But uh, between their ability to go down low and, and – Mm-hmm. Boy, Jake, Bre- how many 50-50 balls did Scud get? A lot. A lot. Yeah. I mean, saving, diving out yeah. of bounds. They were down. I I was pretty impressed with their t- – listen, you got to give – and obviously I, I'm, yeah. I'm Team Milliken and Mosman because they are family. But objectively, Scud played their ass off down the stretch no they and did. they were desperate and they, they were turned down. it on in the second they, they were, were down they were very desperate there was a play late or i guess it was fourth quarter and uh brack misses his miss the save missed, out of bounds yes oh yeah missed it oh yeah i mean they're up what two or something like that two or three and he misses uh kind of a, a, a post move he missed it and he tips it to himself, yep. and then it gets tipped again, and it's right on the baseline. He showed really good and fitness. He, yeah, and then he, and then he saves the ball from going out of bounds in the corner, and they get the ball back, and his possession starts over again. And I go, that just, like that probably just won them the game. How many surprises? Because chalk did is this didn't tournament turn out to be vastly different than i think some people well, thought in terms well of wahoo losing not making it at least to the semis and losing to auburn was a bit of a surprise going into that game there were two outcomes that were going to happen in that game it was going to be jim week's worst loss in a state tournament game ever which ended up probably being that in the final um or auburn was going to win you know 42 to 40 or something like that and they ended up winning 42 Seven to forty-four, so I think that was the the biggest surprise. Um, Johnson Brock winning um, D one was obviously if you just look at seed and kind of their route they had to beat um, Maywood Hay Center and yeah did and forced a lot of turnovers. Yeah, May- Maywood Hay Center was a a team that um, was in our, our top three all year. Uh, Johnson Brock was seventh, uh, I think to finish our, the regular season coaches poll, but they got good athletes. I saw them beat Tri-County. Um, Nick Perriott's a really good athlete mm-hmm. for them and um, good coach and, and did a nice job. So I saw them beat Tri-County, and I was like, oh, like we're talking, you know, level up, right? So for, for a Tri-County team that made the semifinals in, uh, what was it, C2 was, uh, yeah, Freeman's really good. Yes, kind of knew that they were yeah. defensively. Ashlyn Greenwood defensively was remarkable. God, I have a thing for the Kissinger they, family. Okay, listen. They I, gave I, really, up, I really do. They gave up 20, uh, yeah, 28 points uh, to Sydney, which thought that might happen. They gave up. They held Ogallala to 20. That's a good Ogallala team, too. I like Gager. I like Caskey. Who the very next night against Concordia scored seventy-two and yeah. a win in the third place game, and then they, and then they win the championship by giving up twenty-four. Yeah, but they give up like seventy-two total points. Yeah, twenty-eight, twenty. Uh, yeah, twenty-eight points, twenty-four and 52. twenty-two. Yeah. Seventy-two points, pretty good. 
Jamie, my man. In three games, man. Proud of you. <laughs> yeah. In three games in a state tournament, that's remarkable. It's it's unbelievable. I did say I did tell a couple people that I thought whoever won the Ogallala Ashland game in the semis. This was right before the game. So whoever wins this game's winning it. Like they're just gonna win. They're gonna beat Auburn or Concordia. So that happened. You're a funny dude. Uh, as Andrew's just looking at you, I thought you may be asking him a question. Oh. Uh, what do you think? What What do you think happens? I was watching his eyebrow raise. I know, like <laughs> that was a like su- how the, subtle was that? The suggestive hinting. I think sometimes he forgets he's on video. <laughs> uh, hey, so one one thing we got to be able to do here is mm-hmm. uh, what with local recruiting mm-hmm. football. Uh-huh. What do you think happens? Oh, you mean today? Well, or? you don't have to. Well, yeah, I mean, you can definitely speculate on that. Yeah. yeah. K-Line, well, um, feel, I think we all feel pretty good that it's not going to be Nebraska, right? Yeah. And if you're in Nebraska, you, I, I mean, every chip, egg, card, whatever the saying goes, is in one basket at quarterback, right? So, and I think you, I think that's right. I think that's what you got to do. So, um, Kalen's going to announce his Bellevue West quarterback, Danny Kalen, is going to announce at uh, noon today in a couple hours. And, um, you know, he visited Colorado. He visited Missouri. He visited North Carolina a couple times. He's been in North Carolina. Um, I'll say this. I think it's one of those three. <laughs> that's what without, Sam said, too. Without uh, – yeah, I without think, giving a, giving away the yeah, farm, I, I think, think that's I think that's the general consensus. But I I will say this: like we talked about in you know a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, we talked about how many you know in state guys is in the number. I still think it's probably the three and a half four is. I think you probably get about four, maybe four. Yeah, you, you feel good about Nelson, right? Probably a little bit. Do you? Oh, he's just there. Yeah, I think you've always felt good about Murphy. I feel really good about that one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Basically, I, in my opinion, it's like, what are you waiting for? Just get it done. Is that his best offer? I think so, yeah. Okay. So maybe point. so that maybe that doesn't count, but maybe because it's the first and it's Nebraska. Well, I think it's more because it's Nebraska and it's It's good to it's good to know that folks still are passionate about Nebraska, Nebraska. Yeah, I feel feel pretty good about that. And, that one, and um, I think McMorris and Hall are going to be wild cards. Yeah, I'd, I would. I'm gonna. I would say that it's not likely on both of them. Yeah, interesting. Probably more. I would say probably more likely on McMorris, but it still don't. I think it's kind of like a uh, yeah. It's more a, likely of those two is what I'm saying. So, I'm looking at this list, and I'm just going up and down, and I remember that number that we set. What did we say? That three would be, like, really three, good? Three and a half. Feel good we about the four, Caleb Benning kid. R- 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 and you're you're already saying no. <laughs> See, I I, <laughs> I that. Done. No one even read no reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Took a couple seconds. Because even I because even I don't know. We're all <laughs> no, but and but, he's not and he's not in a hurry. No. But here, here's where I'm he going. Be. We're already saying no to three Bellevue West kids. And if say Caleb is that wild card, right? Yeah. And you felt good about Ashton. You felt feel good, good about, about Carter. Pretty. 
And then you do you feel good about Caleb? Pyfram. And I if don't, you listen, don't, I don't know. now I don't we're know down to one. now we're that down one's to probably a fifty-two, right? Yeah. Now mm-hmm. we're down to two on that list. So here's my question: Is if they get two of seven or eight or whatever the number is, whatever the number ends up being, if they if Nebraska it's they if Nebraska only gets two, uh, is the honeymoon over? Wait, two? How did we get to two? If they, I'm just saying, like. If it's only two, is the honeymoon of, oh, Matt Rule's the greatest thing ever? No, I, I don't is know. Is it over? I, no. I, no. I mean, because I think they've done a great I, job. I, I, told, I, yeah. told, I told. I'm just saying the, the I narrative. Told Lan, I told one of the guys, Bulk Dog, I said, this, the only way you can take the this, this sting off of not cornering the market in-state is if you hit home runs on March 25th. I right. think Nebraska fans, they'll be f- – I won't say fine. They'll they'll be okay if you recruit on a national scale versus le- yeah. And I, they'll stomach losing a few local guys. It'll soften to, it'll soften the blow a right. little. So I I would I just think it's it's a weird thing, right? Because we I I did publicly I admit it like Zane Flores is was a huge miss for Nebraska. And in my opinion, I and I think that was gigantic, and I crushed them for it. Yeah. Um, and I think, in my opinion, obviously, deservedly so. Um, so what do you, you know, I guess I'm interested to see what the conversation will be if it's only, you know, if they only get two, let's say. Yeah. I'm just, it's very interesting, right? It's it, just it, it is be, funny how DB just comes back with how do we get to two, but it's but it's, you know, it's amazing because we have those wild cards right. in there where you just don't know where they're where they're going to land. I was I was ready with receipts because I thought Dame was gonna ask me about uh the <laughs> all tournament team that I saw. Well I didn't lo- I didn't love it. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. Did you want to go through it? No, I'm just saying I, the one guy that I took some heat on from people was Skylin Williams, but I I have the box score from the game from the championship game, and he was a uh, had a game high game high not team high sixteen points on uh, five of five from three the three point line. No, I understand. I think the so. I think the point of contingency if people wanted Alec Noonan, which I they think, did, which, which yeah. I think is more than worthy of being all tournament, is he torched Miller North in one game. It does, but so what I expect from you guys, and I said the <laughs> same thing to Jacob. We got to get out of the. Well, they went further, so therefore they're more valuable. That's not the case. This is an all-tournament team, not an all-Nebraska team. No, I, I, not, I, a, not an all-state team. But, but, it is, but it is also relative to the individual performance. So it looks like it's mixed emotions. It look, is it a team game or is it an individual I, thing? I, because if it's all-tournament, then it's individual. I will say this. Alec Noonan absolutely deserves to be on first team all-Nebraska or all-Superstate or whatever the hell you want to call those things. He's a first team all-state kid. Sutter, appreciate your time this morning. Thanks. Uh, Sports Cleanup up next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Feeling good. Did you like that? Did you like that fight we just had? A nice little combative argument between. Uh, Mike Sauter and Damon. <laughs> he shakes his head. He's like, man, I don't know why we get along. 
We just think. We just. He's like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. We just think differently. Yeah. I well, at first I'm like, okay, who's arguing what? So like, that's what I was gauging here. I like being a the middleman a mm-hmm. little bit. I don't, I don't always like to be the middleman, but I like to in conversations like that. And at first I'm like, well, no, I kind of agree with, with Sauter. Like it's like his rankings. He, he, he put them, compiled them together the way he wants to. I'm like, I'm there. And then you started explaining it a little bit more. And then I'm like, no, I feel like my pendulum is start, like the scale is starting to swing DB's way because he brought up a really good point about, is it individual, but you're factoring in teams or is this, team team or why are we going the distance when we're not the the all playing the, to all, the the all tournament team is the all by name it's all tournament right mm-hmm. does all mean all or does all mean if you only get so far all means all all means all okay so i would ask the question again was there a better singular performance in the state tournament in class a than alec noonan yeah, the answer would be no. He belonged. Yeah. We belong. Yeah. And but I do know a lot of And listen, and and Scott and Williams, I I don't even think the argument is between Sky. He he played well. I although I will say the total points that he had was in the same neighbor in three games is the same total that Alec Noonan had in one game. Right. But without Sky in th- the final game, that game is way out of hand. Right, I'll tell you this much. The though. better, the better argument is between Noonan and Stubblefield, who's my guy. But I know if you ask, if you called Kevin, we had this conversation, so I know. <laughs> so Kevin, you already called Kevin. Well, we just told, we. I right, mean, yeah. that's like he's tr- he's family. Stubbs, how you feel? You played? I didn't play well. Not good enough. I, I like does it hurt your heart, right? Yeah, yeah, man. Like that Bellevue West game. That's that's not me. That, that's not me, right? So, I hate the whole. It's low hanging, easy fruit to say. Well, this team went further, so therefore we should do whatever. And I don't care who the person is. Right. I'll tell you what, though. It seems like every rankings um, article that comes out. Is centered around how so, far you go. Listen, it to, for years. Whether it's I've right or wrong, to the victor goes the spoils. Right, I right. I get it with postseason awards, but um, you know, but somehow inexplicably, you could have guys like Jay Reed make second team All Conference in the Big Ten, and he was like the third best receiver in East Lansing, right? <laughs> so. Okay, because I think he's a top two round wide receiver. Could eventually be the steal of the draft if he somehow falls to the second or third round. But having said all that, I just don't like the. I don't think people have the courage. Not it's not courage, but the, it's just double talk. For is it a team award or is it an individual performance? If it's the all tourney team, all tourney means all of the tournament. So I'm with you. I'm with that, you. That, that, that's, that's and I'm an Alec Noonan fan. Well, and I think, and so I have to, ca- I have to catch myself, right? Because obviously I am too, but I'm significantly closer to Stubblefield than I am Noonan. I don't really know Sky Williams that 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 you know, like I would say hello, but I, I just, I just don't, 
I just don't see how you look at performances relative to the team, the game, the flow of the game, and be like, that guy's not all tournament. But I, if he doesn't care, I don't care. I mean, it's whatever. I, I'm not going to die on that hill. I just, I just think. I'm sure it. Alec Noonan would much rather have gone on to the semifinal and then the final than be on that list for all tournament Well, teams. if he's all state, then I think he feels a lot better. Yeah, I mean, you feel good about your individual accolade, but more times than not, you want to go far. Like yeah. you're, you're, you're in it for the team. You're not yeah. in it for yourself. Zero uh, question. Speaking of in it for the team, you know, you're, you're probably thinking at home like, man, there was so much going on over, over the weekend. And like, how, how do you guys hit on everything? Well, that's what the sports cleanup's for. So we're going to do that now. The women's NCAA tournament bracket was also announced uh, last night. Creighton was a 10 last year. And here's how that went. They got wins over Colorado. They got wins over Iowa. They got wins, uh, a win over Iowa State before their Elite Eight lost to the eventual national champion, South Carolina. This year, the Jays earned a six seed and will play the winner of the first four game between Illinois and Mississippi State. That's the highest seed under Jim Flannery. And uh, let's remember this. Creighton, we're talking about teams that are hot at the right time. This Creighton women's team's hot at the right time. They've won uh, 10 of their last 12 games. And in those two losses. They had a two-point loss to UConn, and they had a two-point loss to Villanova. Yeah, speaking of hot, they're probably a little hot under the collar, right? Because the level of respect, they, they've been top 20 in the net all season. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, little little respect over here, little respect over here. So I, I hopefully they play with a little chippy chip on the old shoulder because that's an easy team to cheer for. And they are in it to cap last season's uh, feat. Women's NIT, that's where Nebraska fell. They got the automatic qualifier in the Big Ten. Uh, They were the highest finishing team in the regular season that was not selected for the NCAA tournament. Projections had them at like a first six out. I think they were like the sixth team on the first four. Um but remember, they had top 50 wins against Maryland, Mississippi State, Purdue, Michigan State. They went 4-11 and in 15 games against teams that made the tournament. That's why they fell to where they are. They just did not meet expectation this year, even though they had everything in the bank from last year to do so. Yeah, just and had a hard time staying healthy. Staying too. healthy was the big thing. Uh, not an indictment, but I think you have to take a look at, and, and I think Coach Williams and that staff, they know. I almost said Coach Gusso. Coach Williams and that staff, they know that uh, they got to get a little more athletic around the perimeter uh, and in the backcourt to really kind of take the next level of what they want to do. But, um, I mean, good on that team for taking on as much water as they did and having a chance to play in the postseason. You talk about uh, water, somebody that hit the ball in the water uh, a little bit over the weekend. Um, Shohei Otani. Oh, that's right. They weren't <laughs> playing near any water. Wowzer. Nice. This hitting bombs. Yeah. Though. Well, how about Schwarber's bomb? <laughs> Did you see that thing? Yeah, but they took an L, so I'm kind of mad. Yeah. That thing took off, though. Yeah. I did. Korea just score again over China? Did they? I I, th- I stopped counting. What was it? It was. Was it twenty-two to three at one point? I'm I ninety. I don't know if that grand. It was remember when we just uh-huh. and we flipped it, but I think yeah. that grand slam made it twenty two three. I should probably oh, yeah. go back and look that up. Uh, I should that, probably look that up. That is insane if that's what it ended up being. Dude, they were playing softball. 
Um, how about to uh, twenty-two to two? Who was it that I saw at the players that was was it him in a drinky drink? Did you like that front pin location? It, it, it was. It was. Uh, it was. Um, is it Tyrell or Terrell Hatton? Uh, uh, Tyrell Hatton. Tyrell Hatton. Did you see what he was supposed to be paid out, and then what he ended up getting paid out because of his back nine? No. So he was supposed to make $147,000 based on like his score going into the back nine of the players. Guess what he ended up taking home? 22K. <laughs> You're laughing. $2.7 million. Oh, yeah, that's all. Oh, I forgot. He went, went, he went blistering on the back nine. Yes, You're right. he went uh, off. Yeah, blistering. Hey, that's okay, though. How Can about you imagine? Nine no, holes? No. no. <laughs> no. You just no. made $2.6 million in nine holes. I'm trying to figure out where some of my players are going to live. Do you think I know anything about $2.2 million? Oh, man. No. But I know one thing. Like, you know what I would do? $2.2 million. I'm telling you right now, especially what's gone on over the last couple of weeks with, with some of the young people that I'm associated with. I would just, I would I'd get one of my construction, my development guys. I would build like... Just a quick little shell of a housing, a little housing unit. And like a fraternity I, house? Yeah. Just, you know, you could... For your people. Yeah. Right? Or, just, at, or really anybody that yeah. needs it. You know what I mean? And I, and I would just, I, I would build that thing and be done. I, I would be a lot less stressed. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard some of my calls off air. Oh, I, I would be a lot less stressed if we, we just had a, an available housing unit with some groceries, and I would be cool. I'll just let you know if I have another bed that comes up hey, and shows up do you know what? Door, I, you know what you, you guys could do? Like, if I could afford it, I would have you guys be my shuttle to, to and from school. Like, you would be like, okay, you guys yeah. would be like Uber on call. That's fine. That's you fine. That? You know what I mean? Just take a couple, two, three hours. Yeah. You don't have to do it in the morning and after school. Yeah. But we used to, when, it, when we joke with my mom, she's Suber, because her <laughs> name's Sue. And Emily, when she picked me up from the bars in college, she was Emma Lift. So you got this down pat. <laughs> Ricky O'Donnell up next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Zach Eady knocks it out of bounds, and the Purdue Boilermakers are the Big Ten Tournament Champions. Final nine seconds, everybody on their feet. Proctor grinning ear to ear. And for Duke, the dynasty continues. Houston couldn't do it. The Tigers, for the first time in history, beat a number one and win the American Championship. Here's McClendon for the win. It's no good. And Arizona is Pac-12 Tournament Champions again. Welcome back as we wind this thing down. It's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. I know I celebrated some uh, victories over the weekend with an ice-cold Acres Ale, including the Battle Hawks winner. Once again, they again. are now 3-1 on the season. And if you, uh, if you want an Acres Ale, I'm telling you, this is uh, one of the best beers for you. It's light, it's crisp, it's clean, it's refreshing, it's locally brewed with Nebraska corn. It's the perfect beer to pair with any sporting event that is Acres yep. Ale. And along the same lines, listen, if you've been involved in a personal injury, kind of like 
uh, Mike Sauter's ego, but a little <laughs> bit more if it's a serious one when we're kind of getting into debates. you got to get the fine folks that at Dyer Law. That's a team that will provide you with a helping hand no matter what you're dealing with. You can call the Dyer Law team at 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law to chat with trusted professionals. Again, it's really easy to remember if you're in a dire situation, it's dire law. That's dire.law. And I'm in dire need of talking to Ricky O'Donnell now, writer, editor, associate Let's director go. of programming at SB Nation, a jack of all trades at SBN underscore Ricky on Twitter. He's joining us via StreamYard if you are tuning in and watching the video. But, of course, you can still hear him on KFOR 590 here in town. Ricky, good morning. <laughs> Ricky, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm good, guys. What's going on? Hanging in there. Hanging wow, in I'm there. I'm excited. It's March Madness time. Exciting. It's the most beautiful, the most wonderful time of the year. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. I don't know, Ricky, if you feel that the way. folks in the Christmas song. But, oh, my. What's that? It's the most Oh, yeah. It, it was a Christmas time. song, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but I'm telling you, this tournament and the shakeout and the committee draws and things like that, I'm like, man, there's some really good ones. Like, like really good matchups right away. There's some teams where I'm like, gosh, could you have screwed them over any more with their placement? There are some where I'm like, gosh, this is a cakewalk for this team to get there. Uh, what stands out to you most over anything else with the bracket release? Wow, I'm still sort of digesting the bracket. Like you said, there's a ton of different storylines you can look at. But I guess the first thing is just how difficult the West is going to be. They yeah. have four top 10 teams in Ken Palm. The number one seed is the lowest ranked team of the four. Then you have the Arkansas-Illinois 8-9 matchup. I think both of those teams are talented enough to go on a deep run hypothetically. So to me, the, the toughest region for sure is the West. Everyone's saying that. I think it's totally true. You also got Rick Pitino in that one as a 13 seed that could be a pretty interesting first round matchup against UConn. So good defense. I think the right side of the bracket is pretty tough. The left side of the bracket feels like it's setting up very well for Alabama. Obviously, uh, you can't say that with any form of certainty, but it does feel like as the number one overall seed, they have a pretty clear path uh, to at least the Elite Eight. So. We'll see, but, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on with this bracket, that's for sure. Ricky, I know everybody likes to jump to the 5-12s, but, listen, water's wet. The 8-9s are tricky, right? The closest seeds to one another, and I don't think this year disappointed. But to the naked eye, if you're not following college basketball, you may look at Memphis and FAU and think, man, Memphis just won over a Sasserless Houston team. They looked impressive doing it. But, man... FAU hammered a pretty good UAB team, I think, a pretty good UAB team in a game that was a pick 'em. FAU goes wins going away. And just like FAU for a while. Should we be paying attention to the Owls? Oh, totally. I watched uh, some of that conference tournament, and I thought the Owls looked unbelievable. They got a 7-1 guy inside. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yes, they, they have do. size. Yep. They got multiple bucket getters in the back. So I think that 8-9 game, along with Illinois-Arkansas, the FAU-Memphis game is going to be outstanding. And gosh, Memphis looks fantastic, too. Does anyone have a better inside-out pairing in the country than they, Memphis? They got, an old, they got an old experienced point guard. He's underappreciated. He's mature. Memphis is kind of scary. 
Uh, meanwhile, DeAndre Williams was born in 1996. He's 26 years old. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's college basketball. I don't get it, but he's awesome. Uh, and I think, like, with Memphis being more built around DeAndre Williams' talents, this year the team just sort of fits better than trying to, you know, integrate a five-star freshman center next to him like they have the last couple of years. And Kedrick Davis has been unreal, too, as the transfer from SMU. So I think that's going to be such a fun game. I have Memphis, but I think the winner of that game can very easily take down Purdue, and that's really no shade of Purdue. It's more a compliment to how talented both Memphis and Florida Atlantic are. You know, we're talking about my teams, right? Because FAU is a team brush of your mine. Teeth? No, not. I thought you're going Colgate. No. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I am going Colgate. You're, I knew right. it. You're right. You're right. All right. All right. I was wondering where you were going there. Um, so Colgate's my other team here, and uh, Ricky, let me tell you why. So Colgate has been on my radar. Uh, because they were a lot like Creighton for a while and still are in regards to not fouling. When they defend, they just do not foul. And they're a team that shares the ball really well, too, on offense. I mean, they rank in, like, the top three, or, or and I know they're the number one team in, in not fouling a, a game. I think they only average, like, 12.9 fouls a game. Uh, but they get a 15. This good of a team get screwed over and gets a 15 and has to play Texas right away. Texas may be the so-called one seed up in the Midwest with how Houston is kind of shaken out and the unknowing of Sasser, Sasser playing or not. Like, oh my God, I couldn't get over that last night that Colgate got a 15. They should have easily been, in my opinion, a 13. I can't give you too many Colgate hot takes, to be totally honest. <laughs> but I did just pull up their stat page on Ken Palm. They're the number one three-point shooting team in the country. Yes! percent from three as yes! a team. They got to up that volume, though. They don't take a ton of them. So I think if you're going to beat a team like Texas and you're the underdog, you need to, you know, you need variance on your side. Get up and down, uh, jack threes. So we'll see Colgate. That'd be quite the story if they could pull the upset there. Ricky, I'm just going to stay with kind of the uh, the upset talks. We don't get a lot of smart guys, so I have to take advantage when you're on. Uh, two that I like, big Kent State guy. They don't Huge. get good against two-point field goal percentage. They keep assists down. They really make you play iso ball. Kent State's going to be a handful for a team in Indiana that – Turns it over a little bit with a shaky backcourt. Still no Johnson. Hood Shafino figuring it out. And Furman and Virginia. Furman's going to give Virginia all they want. I'm an ACC honk, so I'm just I'm concerned. Which one of those two games do you like as the more dangerous of the two for the higher seed? Well, I would take Indiana over Virginia. Virginia, to me, just seems primed for an upset. I just don't think that team can score consistently enough to actually win a few games in March. So I'm liking Furman in that. I really like Indiana. Like, right now we're working on a story ranking every, you know, the 50 best players in the tournament. And doing that exercise, I'm like, man, Trace Jackson Davis, I mean, he's got to be two or three or maybe one. He's just a phenomenal player. But like you said... Indiana doesn't have a ton around him. I think Hood Chifino's good. The Xavier Johnson injury obviously hurts quite a bit, but Indiana just doesn't really have the role players around the Hood Chifino Jackson Davis pairing. They don't uh, shoot it well enough, in my opinion. Yeah. Miller Cop, Race Thompson. We've got a few guys who've been around for a while, but yeah, like the supporting cast leaves you wanting a little bit more. 
But I could talk myself into an Indiana run, too. So I'm going to say Furman is the more likely uh, upset pick just because I'm doubting Virginia more than anything else. I'm just being objective, Ricky. Full disclosure, <laughs> as Andrew will tell you, I've been on the Indiana hype train all year all in the year. Big Ten as a complete team because they know who they are. I They just they, they, they turn the ball over too much for me in the backcourt let me let me ask you about another 512 with we're, we're very familiar with Darren DeVries around here his son Tucker is a phenom Miami outside of the hot Duke team is playing the best basketball of anybody in the ACC probably over the last third of the season any 512s that you like starting with that one yeah I saw Drake uh, in person, the last game of the regular season. I'm actually living in Des Moines now. My girlfriend moved me from Chicago to Des Moines. So I saw that team up close uh, because I'm nearby now, and they are really good. First thing that jumps out about Drake, they got like four 25-year-olds yeah. on the floor. And, uh, I think people like me maybe get a little too carried away with the impact of the one-and-done recruits and you know guys' projection to the NBA. But college basketball is an old man's game. If you want to win at the highest levels of the sport. And I think Drake has a pretty unique opportunity to do that. They went to the tournament in 2021. Now you add perhaps the best player in recent program history in Tucker DeVries. Uh, so I think that team is awesome. They got a good big man in Brody. They got Roman Penn in the backcourt, who's an experienced guard. Uh, I could see that, but man, I like Miami too. I mean, I saw Miami, you know. I think Wong, Wong's that? a stud. <laughs> like... Yeah. And, you know, Nigel Pack, Nigel Pack with his $800,000 rain in threes. I think that he's, you know, he's been worth the money for the Hurricanes. There's no doubt about that for his name, image, and likeness deal. But does Miami defend enough? Does Miami have enough size inside? I like Jordan Miller, but he's like kind of a small forward playing center, it seems like sometimes. So that's a great matchup. Uh, what was the question? Any other 5'12s I like? Yeah. Um, spinning through the bracket real hook. All right, let's go Oral Roberts over Duke. That's got to be the best. Hey, let's go. Listen, I, and listen, they're be- Oral Roberts is better than a year ago, even though they're minus a stud, but they still yeah. have Acemus. Duke's their the supporting right now, cast though. is so good, but I'm telling you, Duke is legit right now Man, when they're, they're healthy. So good. Yeah, once they got Jeremy Roach balling and playing at his best level, Duke is really good. God, I want to pick Oral Roberts in that game, though, because we know they can Don't hit we threes. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> best day of the year on the sports calendar is the day duke loses will that still be the case without coach k i don't know if we can celebrate it the same way but ricky uh, i think that all roberts duke game is gonna be awesome ricky you killed it this was so good uh we'll have to do this again soon appreciate you ricky thanks guys Ricky O'Donnell at SB underscore Ricky on Twitter. Uh, a lot to still unpack. We'll continue Selection Sunday talk and, and the first four games uh, tomorrow. But uh, for that, that'll do it for the show this morning. For Damon Betting, I'm Andrew Rogers. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.